Absolute Geek Podcast. It's Thursday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. I am your host, the Broken Man Allward, and you're listening to the only show that has made Jose obsolete and Kellen deleted, and it's glorious. <laughs> yes. Ow. Who made Jose obsolete and Dele- Kellen deleted. deleted. That's right. I told you I had an intro for you today. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic. Who made Jose obsolete <laughs> yeah. and Kellen deleted. deleted. Yep. I think they they obsoleted and deleted themselves. Um. Well, to be fair, I think a stroke obsoleted Jose, <laughs> and then Kellen's ability to quit everything deleted him. Or, or I should say, the amount of dedication that was required. You know, the three times a week down to one time a week is what deleted Kellen. The work. Yeah, his his busy schedule. So you and Andy were watching wrestling on Sunday. Yes. Instead of The Walking Dead, he watched it later. I did. Now you guys put po- you guys were posting delete delete, and I asked what's delete, and then you, you like the, an the, asshole. The awesomeness of <laughs> asshole Andy. He posted a uh, the definition of delete. Yeah, which I got. I knew the definition, of delete, <laughs> but what is it? And for us people who don't listen to wrestling, what what did that mean? in, in the wrestling world, not in the dictionary. So there is wrestlers called the Hardys, Matt and Jeff Hardy. They're WWE wrestlers they're the Hardy from boys. yeah from the early two thousands. Um, they're called Team Extreme. Well, he does a character now. It's called the Broken Matt Hardy. And his whole thing is like delete, 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 like erasing things. And that's that's what that what they came to from TNA, which is a different wrestling program, over to WWE was what is what we were watching. And they debuted during WrestleMania. Uh, and they're this huge thing. And that's yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, how do I explain this over chat? And then Andy posted the definition of delete. And I was like, no, that's, that's good enough. I, I'm going to leave that. <laughs> Just because I was like, dude, <laughs> fucking ball breaker right there. By the way, I'm always sitting down here with Kyle. That's Kyle. You all know Kyle. He didn't introduce himself because he was too starstruck by my my glorious intro. Yes. Everybody knows who I am at this point. I don't yeah, need, to, I don't need to tell most everybody. Well, what if, what if a new listener? They're just like, hey, I know that this guy is Matt, but who who's this fucking guy? Who's this back hat or back hat wearing douche? Backwards hat wearing douche. Back hat wearing wearing douche. Yep. That should be a song. It should. So I'm a back hat wearing douche. All right. So tonight's episode. It's going to be a lot of Walking Dead. It's brought to you by The Walking Dead. A lot of Walking Dead. We do have some news. We do have a comic book review, so sit tight for that. We just had the season seven finale of The Walking Dead. So what we're going to do is... Being the Walking Dead gurus that we like to think we are, (laughs) we're going to discuss the episode, discuss, give you an idea of where they are in relation to the comic, talk a little bit about comic to TV counterparts and who got whose role so far, and where what we expect from season eight and where we expect them to go as far as we know what happens in the comics. So we're going to do a little bit of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Discussion. Discussion or pre-determination of where we think the show will go when season eight opens up in October. So October, let's, that sucks. Let's start off with the season seven finale. What did you think of the episode? Hold on. I will, I will give you a breakdown. Oh, you're going to go back to the breakdown you were giving me? I'm going to go to the, yes, I'm going to go to the breakdown of the, uh... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Holy shit. Wait, 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 wait. But yes. Oh, you got a, about a week's worth of messages to scroll through there, buddy. <laughs> right. It's going to be all that 
long time. But yeah, it pretty much was, it was pretty much like, fuck, haha, oh damn, oh shit, whoa, didn't expect that, damn, oh fuck. I think that was pretty much my... Pretty much your your recap there, huh? Yeah, I think that was my, that was my Walking Dead recap. That's what I thought of it, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, here it is. Here's, here's Kyle's Walking Dead recap, everyone. As sent to me while I'm watching WrestleMania and he's watching Walking Dead. Damn, haha, oh shit. Damn, unexpected. Haha, damn, fuck, oh shit, damn. How's that for a rundown? <laughs> I mean, if you watch the Walking Dead season finale and you think of it out of an hour and a half and you said that, you pretty much know exactly what I was talking about. I don't even need to explain it. No. Nah. I don't think they you know did. what I think one of my favorite parts of before we really get into it is is when the leader of the junkyard kids was talking to Michonne and she was like, you, you with him? Can I lay with him? She wanted to fuck him twice. Yeah, <laughs> I bang him after you or after this is over. I get to lay with him. Yeah. She wanted to fuck him twice. Mm-hmm. She was going to fuck him, and then she fucked him with Negan. Yeah. She wanted to fuck him twice. What a bitch. That was unexpected, though, because... I wrote that. Yes. The Junkyard Kids are not... Or the Garbage Pail Kids, as I call them, were not in the comics. Not at all. So that was a situation that was very unique to just a TV show. But you know what I, what I, why I liked that they double-crossed Rick? Because what it did was, once the shit went to... You know, once it went, that... That means the only people that were in the fight was Alexandria, Hilltop, and the Kingdom. Yes. So they actually, they eluded as to there was going to be more people in it. But when they broke it back down and they really initiated everything and started it, it was exactly who you wanted it to be. It was nobody else. They, they've kind of fought the Junkyard Kids, but they if you watch them, they pretty much shot, dropped their guns, and ran away. Yeah. So, like, after everything's done, they're going to, like, walk around, pick their guns back. Oh, Oceanside's guns back up. Mm-hmm. Wait. You got, I, I like that double cross. Um, yeah, I agree. I like that it broke down and now you've still got Alexandria, Hilltop, and the kingdom all fighting together on the same side. Um, and it was only them, just like the comic. Yep. Um, what else was I going to say? There were some low points to it. Uh, I felt like the whole thing was, I felt like it, it ended a lot differently than season seven or season six did. They promised not to give us a cliffhanger and that's exactly right. what they did. Right. And they gave you they gave you a happier ending. Rick and his group are in a much better place than they were at the end of season six. There isn't. You, are you saying they didn't give us a cliffhanger? Or they did give us a cliffhanger. They did not. Okay. They give us like yeah. closure. Like yeah. They we know that they're they're you know it's not over. They know you know we know going into season eight that they're they're going to war. You know what I mean that <laughs> that that was just that was just the initial fire of of a war. But so they, they but they ended it. I mean like they, they fought. What happened, happened. People died. They looked around. Negan left with his middle finger in the air. The saviors left. I feel like it could have been, they ended it so well that it could have been marked the end of the series. It was like one of those, like, it was like a good, a really good ending. It was a strong ending. I like the relationship they're starting to build between Dwight and Daryl, where Dwight carved on the back of his little statue, I didn't know, and left it at the gate where Daryl would find it, or someone would find it. But you remember in the comic, I mean, Dwight leaves and he, you know what I mean, and like, well, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't tell, I mean, he doesn't tell anybody then, but you know what I mean? He left and he comes back and he goes to war and in the middle of them fighting is when Dwight actually switches sides. Like, yeah, he double crosses. Remember, he's sitting there and he's firing at, he's got a gun and he's actually firing at everybody in Alexandria and then he turns and he starts mowing down saviors and yeah. he says, now do you trust me? Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get that in the comic too, or gonna, in the show. I think we're going to get that in the show too. Um, it's interesting to um, the choice, like I told you a little bit, I'm not a fan of the choice or the fact that they went and 
gave Michonne Andrea's story in the show because I feel like Michonne is such a strong cornerstone pivotal character in the comic book that changing her origin story for the show kind of makes her a little bit weaker. Michonne well, has always her origin story. Well, no, sorry, I shouldn't say origin story. Her path, her, her, yeah, changing but her path in the show. The role that she has in the comics is a lot is a lot stronger, right, and, and more upfront. Given her Andrea's, which you know Andrea's kind of in the background. She's she's with Rick the same, but she's she's always she's the sniper, so she's always away, sitting somewhere, hiding. Yeah, where Michonne's right. Even into the comics right now, even to, into this issue and last issue, she was moving the horde and she's she's still slashing through people and, and they don't have her doing that. Anymore. They've mm-hmm. taken her away and they've, they've made her a bad sniper. Yeah, and I understand that Walking Dead killed off Andrea early on, but there too is... Too early. Well, that's debatable. I, I didn't like her character in the show. You, you think too early? I mean, I've heard too early from a lot of people. I didn't like her character the way they portrayed her in the show but i mean i guess they could have changed it and made it a little bit stronger they they could have shifted her and then they they could have brought it around to where she's because she she was for a long time in the comics she's she's behind the scenes but she's she's pivotal at the same time yeah you know what i mean but but i i think taking michonne from the front line and putting her to the back in the show i think I agree with you. I think it's a mistake. I don't like that they've done it because it's so much better watching her up front with everybody, like First standing all, next to Jesus and fucking. Yeah. First you know. of all, she can't shoot in the show. Right. What's up? Andrea with that? was the sniper. Like they, they, every part Andrea has had that made her, and I guess that maybe that's what bugs me as being such a fan of the character, the 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 comic. Every pivotal cornerstone part that makes up Andrea and who she is, they just gave to Michelle. You know, and all of her one line were the ones who survive the fight in the fight in the season finale between Michonne and the Garbage Patch Pale Kid. That actually took place between Andrea and a savior, and a savior in a, in the bell tower that fell in the last season to take out the gate. Mm-hmm. So that's why it happened on the bell of a house but I, but I mean it was kind of cool and it's weird that Heath's gone because Heath is, is like up front mm-hmm. in the comic like to the point where when it was he's busy cold, saving the world when, right <laughs> do, 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 yeah. but you know do, like, do, do, do. <laughs> that's his phone ringing right now but like when uh, you know Negan had Coral and Rick in the comic, Keith was on his knees as well. Mm-hmm. Like they had them all up front and lined up, and not. I, I think it's weird that they're just like, and nobody's even like, oh, what the, where, where is he? Have you seen him? Well, yeah, and I'm I'm kind of off put by the way that the fact that they're they're changing the stories of these people like you have michonne now taking andrea's role you have carol taking michonne's role carol is playing out michonne's storyline almost to the t now yeah getting with um getting into the kingdom kingdom and and with king ezekiel and and all of that like that that was michonne was always this battle-hardened person like she was closed off she had no emotion like she didn't let people get close to her the the Rick's group was the closest people that ever got to her, you know, and then she got with Ezekiel and then he he got close to her and then they had their issues because she couldn't let go. She couldn't open up to him and they had their issues to where everything was going back and forth. And when she he dies, she she leaps. Mm hmm. Um, well, actually, she leaves before he dies because she leaves during the one year time. She comes back to hearing that that he died. She so she leaves and goes off fishing with a community there, and then comes back to find that out. So he she's not even like their relationship, their back and forth is is an important thing. And I think Andrea make Michonne take that back seat in the show, like you said, isn't as good. It makes her character weaker, I think, because Michonne is a very pivotal cornerstone part in the comics. So with Andrea though, she has her role to play too, and it has nothing to do with 
the fact of the skin color or nothing like that. It's it's story wise. It's just I feel like they're hurting Michonne's character in the show compared to the comic book because she's this badass in the comic book where she's kind of on that softer side now in the show and it, it kind of hurts. It hurts her comic book counterpart a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. Like I just it would be better just seeing her constantly up front. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of her being positioned like, like, because I almost thought they were giving Andrea's role to Sasha for a while. You know, because you know she was the one that was you know starting to become the sniper, and mm-hmm. and then I guess they decided no, we're gonna turn her into a zombie. Well, because she was playing Sasha is actually the TV show counterpart of um, Holly. Is her name comic? Holly? Or, yeah, sorry. Sasha is the comic counterpart to Holly. Mm-hmm. So in the show you have well, Sasha. They have, they have her doing Holly's stuff right yeah. now. Yeah. So, I mean, from the relationship with Abraham, because that's who Holly leaves, or that's who Abraham leaves um, um, Rosita Rosita for is Holly. And then Holly gets captured by the city. Holly essentially does the same thing Sasha does. Not quite the same, but in theory, it's the same. She goes after Negan. She gets captured by the savior. She's going to get raped by David. Mm -hmm. Negan stops her, or, you know, Negan stops him, knifes through the neck. That all happened in the comics. And then, you know, she, she thinks that, or Negan thinks that Holly loves Rick. And she's like, no, I was with Abraham. You know, you should, and she looks at Dwight and says, you shot him through the eye with an arrow. I think it would have been a lot cooler if they would have done the same thing with Sasha as they did Holly. Instead of it being a surprise that he that she was a zombie and when she came out of the coffin, mm-hmm. it would have been so much better if they had her standing there with the bag on her head and let Rick say, alright Sasha, come on back, let's go, and then she take the bag off. There's this. a reason they didn't do that. And it came out later this week through one of the showrunners is that the reason they didn't do that is because they did that exact same scene in fear the walking dead in season two when they're in mexico mm-hmm. and she's trying to get away or the the mom is trying to get away from the family she puts a bag over a zombie's head and throws it like unleashes it on the family to get away oh that's right so they did that death in season two of fear the walking dead so that's why they didn't do it in this i like i mean i like the fact that she took her own life and made her own choice and took the, the pill, the poison, yeah. and, and it was a surprise, and everything like that played out to the T. I just, I don't like, I don't like the role swap, because I feel like Michonne's character is weakened a little bit by the love interest and love story, because she was always that battle-hardened, couldn't-open-up person, and now you have her in a relationship with Rick Grimes. And it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it works for me, because there's, she has a pivotal parts coming up to play. Her her role after Ezekiel dies is a big one, it, especially as far as the kingdom's concerned. It's going to be someone else is going to have to play be, it. It's going to be Carol's now. Yeah, you know, and I think Enid, I'm okay with Enid being the, the counterpart to the still Sophia since mm-hmm. they killed Sophia off. I'm okay with Enid being that counterpart because Andy asked me, he was like, do you think that Enid is going to be Carl's booty? And I said, I don't think so. I think we're still going to get Alpha. We're still going to get Beta. We're still going to get his current girlfriend because he has a thing with, with her and then kind of calls it off and then starts falling in with this other girl so i think the the relationship with enid is going to be short-lived um but i i definitely think enid is the show counterpart to sophia in the comics mm-hmm. um but like kyle said heath being gone is kind of a monkey wrench and everything because heath actually loses his leg when they first attack yeah. alexandria because instead of setting bombs ne- negan's group is the one that comes throwing grenades and mm-hmm. blowing everybody up and I'm, and I'm wondering too is like you know in the comic they came to alexandria and they fought and then negan then leave and then rick and all of them go to the sanctuary mm-hmm. and they fight at the sanctuary and then they leave 
And then they come back to Alexandria. And then they go to Hilltop and fight, too. Yes. So, because Negan drives his truck right through yep. the fences at Hilltop. So, I mean, there's... The, and the last kind of, kind of the last couple battles take place at Hilltop. I wonder if they'll do... So, well, before that, we get into that. So, what did you, what would your overall grade of the season finale be? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very good. It had my heart racing. I was... And I, 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 it was really good, but I think one of the reasons it was really good is because the rest of the season really sucked. Yeah. So finally getting a really good episode, I think if the whole season was as good as it should have been, I think that would have been a mediocre uh, season finale. I think, if you, I think everybody would have been pissed that there wasn't a real big cliffhanger that it kind of played out. But I think since it was such a high climb, it was a climax opening in a very flatlined season i think the way that the season finale rolled out it made it a climax to the end of the season i agree the only thing i thought was was weak really weak about it was sasha they spent so much time making you not like sasha that her death may came off as who cares yeah i didn't care i was like yeah but it was like you know like i was talking to somebody and i was like i knew that she was going to do something i knew it was kind of expected she was going to come out of zombie once yeah you know, once Eugene had given that pill, I was in your city. Okay, she's like, okay, she's in, you know, it's black wherever she is. She's she's locked in somewhere. Yeah, that's probably what she's, that's what's going to happen. Because she doesn't have anything to attack. How else is she going to make her last stand? Because you knew she was going to, whatever was going to happen was her last stand. Yeah. They made it abundantly clear. At least we didn't have to listen to that fucking Easy Street song again. Right. At least they gave us a different song to listen to over and over again instead of Easy Street. But, you, you know, and, it, you know, it. It's weird now that I read because I've just like you, I've gone back and I've reread All Out War, and All Out War is long. Remember, it was biweekly for yeah, twelve issues. I forgot it was twelve issues. Um, because you remember in the middle of that they captured Eugene. Yeah. So I think they, I I think it's kind of weird that they've they've taken him earlier. They have him earlier, and he he converts. I don't. I'm hoping that that is a. I hope him and Dwight come together for something, and and Eugene comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think he's going to. I don't think he's going to die. I, but I, I that's what I'm foreseeing now is is Eugene and Dwight like making this bond and somehow figuring out the plan that that their plan is both of them to go back to Alexandria. Yeah, because the if you're a reader of the comic, Kyle and I kind of went back and pinpointed it. So this the the season finale jumps around. They're taking chunks that they've taken chunks out of like issues like one 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 fourteen one nineteen. Um, I think like 116 they took a chunk out of. Mm-hmm. There's a few, they're, they're taking chunks out of the first half of the All Out War. Actually, like the first quarter of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've done. They've taken like the meat and potatoes one, of events. 117. Because mm-hmm. 117. So um, actually, so when you're watching the, the season finale, we can kind of break it down. One The, the parts from 114 are when, this, when the kingdom shows up to save Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And Shiva attacks the dude. It yep. attacks the people in in Alexandria. So that's from one fourteen. Then you have Holly or Sasha in the show becoming zombified and Negan unleashing her. That's from one nineteen. Yep, because that's when they come back. Mm-hmm. They come back with Holly. And then the last episode where the David tries to rape Sasha and he gets the knife in the neck. That's from one seventeen. That's from the very end of one seventeen. Mm-hmm. It, and the last two panels of the book are, or two pages of the book are that scene. So they're kind of jumping all over the place. So who knows? So first of all, to, to go back to what I was saying, I, I thought it was a good episode. I gave it a, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I didn't like the Sasha stuff. Cause like I said, it was like more like, who cares? It, they didn't give you a reason to be like, Oh no, Sasha. It wasn't, 
the the most heart wrenching part of it was the Maggie's final speech at the end and about Glenn and how like he said like ch- chose this family and kind of he's responsible and mm-hmm. set all this up and she's gonna basically be strong and you kind of get the remnants of Gregory go you know that Gregory went to the sanctuary or the you know where the saviors are so you're, it's kind of setting up books to come i just you know one thing i didn't like is you know right before they come back and they go to hilltop and they're at sanctuary after the fight at, at sanctuary and negan he, he does like a little speech and then everyone's like huh and he goes we're fucking going to war yeah i wish they would have done that speech but all they said was we're going to war we're going to war yeah. and i was like it would have been cool to get that little because he just did a quick little speech and everybody was looking at him like they didn't understand what he said. And he said, we're fucking going to war. Yeah. And then everybody understood. I wish that he would have done a little speech, but maybe he will after. But he's already said we go to war. He's not going to give a speech after. Right. Like, because, you know, I don't, for some reason, I don't expect him to go to the sanctuary and fight. No. I don't ex- no. What uh? So what would your grade on this episode be? I give it an A5 too. A5, A5. That's, a, that's a fair, that's a fair. All right. So, that's season seven finale. Let's look forward to season eight. What can we expect, in our opinion, from season eight? Because we know we have people that hang on our Walking Dead opinions and listen to us. What should the listeners expect from episode from season eight? Season eight, I think what we're going to go into is they're going to be pretty close to where they left off. They're going to be there. This is when they're going to make their plan. Whatever... However, direction either they end up do going to sanctuary to fight before they come back. The first episode in is going to be they're they're looking at the aftermath. They're recollecting their guns. They've they're, you know what I mean they're 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 talking. The, the plan will be initiated. What should have happened, fucking before you know two or three episodes before season seven ended, is what's going to happen in the beginning of eight, and then that's going to initiate. They're going to do their plan. Either they're going to go to Sanctuary, which I guess now that I keep thinking about it, it makes sense because they've already kind of got, they don't have them on the run, but they can't, Alexandria's kind of fucked right now, so they can't let them come back yet because they're going to be, you know what I mean? They're kind of vulnerable right now. They're, they might have to go to. Well, I think they are going to because if you remember rereading, they go to the sanctuary and they have troops from the hilltop, from Kingdom, and from Alexandria. They show up at the sanctuary and Rick calls out Negan. And that's when Negan shows that he's got Gregory. And Gregory tells him, you know, leave. Whoever is fighting with Rick Grimes, if you don't leave now, you're. I'm going to give you five minutes. If you don't leave now, nobody is going to, or to the count of five or whatever it is, you're going to leave now or nobody's going to have a place to live. And like three people leave. And Negan gets pissed about it. He's like, three fucking people? That's all you could give Vince was three fucking people? <laughs> and he's like, sorry. So I think they will go there. I don't know if they'll fight there or what will happen. But because you remember, after they do the sanctuary, they actually lay siege to a lot of their outposts. They get groups of people together and they go attack a lot of the outposts. Um, I think season eight, listen, season seven was a lull. It was a low point. It was a struggle to get through some episodes. It wasn't that bad, but there were some boring episodes. Most of them were boring. Um, this, after they came back from the mid-series break, that show flatlined. They were, they had the paddles out and <laughs> they were fucking, we were charging. They were, they were charging up. They, they, they had all the jewels cranked. They were, that show was, <laughs> they were, they're about to do, it was going to be like every hospital show when somebody <laughs> comes into the ER, they were going to be fucking, they're going to be shocking it. And that's what, I think that's what the season finale kind of Dude, it shocked it shocked restarted the, walking the dead. art and it, it started the walking dead again 
I, I think it's safe to say season eight is going to be nothing like season seven. Season eight is going to be I think the first nonstop half is gonna be action. You're going to have balls to the wall. You're going to see people die. You're going to see a lot of people die. You're going to see a lot of power plays being moved made. You're going to see Maggie start making her power play for Hilltop. Um, there's going to be a lot of pieces that are coming together. You're going to see the final battles. You're going to see um, Dwight switch sides. You're going to see them start producing bullets, which they haven't done yet. And they have Eugene. So, yeah. I mean, and I, maybe that's why, you know, at the the end of season, when they were in the RV and Eugene had given Rick the... Somebody else is going to have to step up to that now, especially right now, because yeah. they fucking unloaded. Right. I guarantee they're fucking... They're very low on both. Somebody... And I think it's going to be someone from Kingdom. It's going to so? step. Well, who else would it be? Yeah. You know most everybody from Hilltop. Kingdom has the most amount of people right now out of Hilltop and Alexandria. Mm-hmm. There's got to be somebody there that can be able to take that list of ingredients and instructions that Eugene made and make them so that they can make bullets. I think they're going to. I mean, because, listen, we, they're jumping around. So if you want to go by the season seven finale, they're around issue 116, 117, 118, and 119. So you get into all-out war. I think the first eight episodes are going to be the war. And, I, and like I said before, I really think that that's the way they're going. And then you're going to have the midseason, fin- or the, the midseason finale. And then when they come back to the midseason premiere, you're going to have that time skip. I don't see I don't see the war lasting all sixteen episodes. Next no, season. I I only gave it the first half. Um, so what to exp- You're gonna you're gonna see Dwight change sides. You're gonna see. I I wonder if they'll they'll still go with the whole Dwight shooting Rick, where he was gonna shoot Rick with an infected arrow, but then sh- change it at the last minute. Will we see Rick slicing Negan's throat? I bet we do. Well, we see we we had the discussion earlier today. Rick in the show or in the comic, Rick loses his hand. In the show, he doesn't. In the show, Negan breaks Rick's leg. Does he still do? Does he do it in the show? I bet she breaks his leg. And I, I like that they keep hinting at Rick losing his hand. I like how they keep they keep they keep dancing around it because you know, like that wasn't what Negan said in the comic. Right. Like he didn't say he was going to. Cut fuck, off his hands. Yeah, he was gonna fuck his hands up. He didn't, yeah. So I, I like that he. I well, like I that they keep. I, I like that they keep skirting around that and dancing around it. The only part that was in that, I think, was when they attack when Shiva attacks. Because I don't think Rick gave the whole speech about I said I'm gonna kill you either. No, but that whole part where Coral and Rick and them are all on their knees. That's that's all straight from the comic yeah. book too. Except Heath. Heath wasn't there. That was the only difference. Yeah. They had. They had. Heath. And I like the behind the scenes pictures that will come out now of the dude in blue spandex like leaping off of a trampoline. Have you seen those yet? <laughs> no. So they used a dude in blue spandex to be the marker in the for the editors and the special effects people to do make Shiva. So it's just like some guy bouncing off a trampoline like pretending to be a tiger. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. That's fucking funny. Um but we're going to we're going to have casualties. Shiva is going to die. I loved when he's like, he's got a tiger. He's got a fucking tiger. Yeah. You know, so 
you got a lot to look forward to to season eight. I think. I mean, we we didn't try. We tried not to spoil too much of it for you from what's in the, going on in the comics. But if you want to know where the show left off, you're looking at issue one fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen around that area because it took chunks from all of it. And when we pick up, you're going to come back to the back and forth war. I think it's going to be fast paced. It's going to be crazy. You're going to have casualties on both sides. Remember, you thought they're going to do it in one episode. I did. I did. And then and I told you they weren't going to. Yeah, you were right. You were right. Kyle won. But I think I think we're going to get the time jump. I think it's inevitable. I think it'll actually be longer in the show than it was in the comic. Because they never they never established how long it was, but I think we we pinpointed it that it feels it's like it's about three years, two to three years. So just because you know Negan had short hair, and by the time they come back from the time jump, his hair is at his shoulders. Yeah, and he's got a big ass beard. So that's a couple that's a couple years. So who knows? But that hopefully we we got you caught up and gave you something to look forward to for the next couple of months. <laughs> no, nah, no, me neither. Something to look forward to the next couple of months. But um, Kyle, uh, Kyle messed with me today is something that uh, Skybound and CGC are going to do. Oh, my God. This is the coolest fucking thing. I think it's cool. So I got in, you know, I'm sure most of you guys who are grading books are on the CGC newsletter. Well, CGC sent an email today to all of us to subscribe. It says, CGC announces... The Walking Dead custom labels. And it gives you a link to go to YouTube so that you can watch the video. So what they've done is you can submit your book, your Walking Dead books, and for uh, it's a five dollar fee if you're you know on top of it's either reslabbing or grading or whatever you're doing to have your books encapsulated for an additional five dollars, you can have a walking dead label. So what they've done is um, there's one of Rick, Michonne, there's two with Negan on it, and one of a zombie. So if you get... The funny part is, is that what you can't see is Kyle just held up three fingers to show the two. <laughs> <laughs> two Negans, right? Two Negans, two Negans for three fingers. Two Negans for three fingers. So there's a total of five different... <laughs> three fingers. <laughs> You did. Fucking stupid. <laughs> I know I did now that I'm thinking about it. Is uh so like if you want to get issue one CGC'd with this Walking Dead label, you can get it with Rick. And if you want issues like and it's like it's the cover of ninety two where Michonne's got her samurai sword mm-hmm. above her head, you know. Um you can have that one and they'll do you know, I, I guarantee they'll put that on 19 or 92. I think it's 92, 91 or 92 that's got that, that actual cover to that mm-hmm. issue. And then for the – this is and these are the examples they showed in the video. And, and I put up a link on the Facebook so you guys can watch the video if you haven't already watched it yet. So the issue 100, you have Negan holding the bat, Lucille. Which will be for the cover A. I don't know if they're doing that's this the example that they showed. And then for the Walking Dead third print, second print, because the third print is the connected covers. Second print is the one where Negan's staying there holding the bat. You can actually get that 
on the label to that book. That's fucking cool. Yeah, that is cool. And then there's a zombie for everything else. So I'm like, and then the signature series is the same, but they're yellow. And then like the one that's got Rick, where there should be a where the grade is gonna go. We'll say nine point two, nine point eight, nine point six. There's a bullet hole in it. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's it's pretty, you know, and it's covered in blood, and they've and they've they've moved it ever around, you know, and it, you know it's Rick, and you know like the CGC you know CGC Universal grade, they've slid it over the left instead of being centered on the label. So I mean, like I am actually consider I'm sending my one hundred that's signed by Adlard and Kirkman that I got at San Diego. I'm sending that back to them to be reslabbed with. Negan on it, because that's fucking cool. I've been excited about this since like ten o'clock this morning, and I'm halfway. I'm. It, it even hurts my butthole a little bit because I'm sucking it up so hard to say this, but I'm actually thinking of sending my number one to CGC to be reslabbed with the Walking Dead label on it. And by the look on Matt's face, he's hoping that I don't. Yes, I am hoping you don't. <laughs> Listen, we, we've been over this, and we go over this every time <laughs> you send a book to get graded. That, that's an expensive book. You dropped a grand on that book. You know, that's an expensive book. That's the prize of your – I would say that's the prize of your collection. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, your, that's your piece de resistance to your, your, your collection. <laughs> yeah. To let that book out of your care, to entrust it with you with you know FedEx or UPS or the mail, however you send it, then to send it to CGC and entrust it to come back in the same shape just for a label, I think I think that's a little that's a little crazy. But it's fucking cool. It is cool. It's super cool. But is it worth potential damage that happens to your book? The only damage that's going to happen to that book is when they take it out of the slab and they re-slab it. Or, well, if you get hot Carl, who's on his first day at fucking <laughs> CGC, who's re-slabbing your book, and he's like, man, it's my lunch break, and goes to bite into his jelly donut and squirts jelly out of the back of it right on your fucking book. Oh, could you imagine And you're that? like, oh, shit. You get it back, and it's a fucking... Five point. It goes from a nine point six to a fucking five two because it's got a big ass jelly stain on it. It's got purple jelly yeah. over Rick's face. You know, it's just like, do you want to chance that? Is it worth a fucking label? The label's pretty fucking cool. The label is cool, but is it worth the label? Especially when you can just send one hundred to get sent off and still get that label. I don't know, man. I was That's, thinking about sending one hundred, one hundred second print and getting that graded. And That's uh. That's a big chance to take just for a fucking label, man. If you were sending it initially to get graded, then by all means, I would say. But to send it, trust someone to crack it and then relabel it. It's like, oof, oof. That's gonna play. That's gonna keep you up at night. It will. That's gonna have you sweating, and your butthole's gonna be puckered the whole two months it takes <laughs> you to get it back. If, if CBCS doesn't like you, just wait till fucking CGC hears from you. When you have, they have your Walking Dead number one, but it would look just so cool with that that label with Brit Grimes on it. If you're it. gonna do it, you might as well wait and see if we go to San Diego and just get it fucking signed by Kirkman and do it then. But I, I to your credit, you've always said at this point the non-signed ones are gonna be the ones people want because everyone's getting number one signed. Yeah. But 
it's like, I don't know. Do you wait and see if you can get Kirkman and Moore at the same show? Or send it with someone from CBC to get Kirkman and Moore and then get it done? I don't think I would send that book with somebody yeah, no. to go get it signed for no, me. Like, I, wouldn't. I think the only way that book is leaving me is if I personally hand it to somebody at CGC and they fucking tape my inf- dude I, I i never mind i, I am not going to do it it would be different the if the thought they, of that the thought of that made my butthole i tasted my butthole in my mouth <laughs> I, I can't do it it would be different if they did it at a show in front of you like if they did it at city or in front of you where they cracked it put the label in and reencapsulated it right in front of you oh my god i would fill the cup if i could get it back that same day that would be different but i i just it's already cgc'd man i mean it's already done you didn't have to pay for it, you know? Oh, I paid for it. Well, <laughs> but, I, I mean, I don't know. But but that poses another, a cool question is, another, not a cool question, but a, a thought is, I wonder if we can expect this kind of thing from, for more things. So, like, how cool would that be to have, like, Spider-Man? Like, yeah. you know, you get like, you know, like Spider-Man 300, you have a a black suit Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like on the, like Venom on the, on the, lay, like, yeah. what, what does this lead to? Like, you know, now, are they going to do Outcast? We consider Outcast number one and like Kyle Barnes will be on it. I mean, yeah. like this, I think something like this truly opens the door to some pretty cool stuff, which goes to show is these other grading companies are going like and it's crazy too is is cgc is thinking outside this box because they are in such they're pandering now though yeah well they're kind of in hot water right now with a lot of stuff that they're doing yeah like uh there was a book that a guy just got back from cgc i can't remember what book it was it came back a 9.2 the book should have been a 2.0 it's got water stains on it it was it came back a nine. It came back a nine two. No way. Yeah. So what That's happened insane. was. So what happened was, he went on to the forums, and like on the Facebook groups and the CGC forums, and he said, "Look at this. There's no way in fuck this book should have been a nine two. This book came back a nine. It's got it's got water stains on. It. I can't remember. I have to bring it up. CGC said you need to send us that book back now so we can regrade it." And you're banned. You cannot send any more books to be graded. Why? He didn't do anything because, wrong. Because he was, he, people were offering him money for it. Like, I think he, he was getting offers of like 500 buck, $500 offers. So people, because that's, that's a real fuck up. And, you know, and it's, it's just going to show is, you know, like CGC is, you know, CBCS has given CGC a run for their money. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. And uh, so what they've done is they're doing stuff like these Walking Dead, you know, and like Kirkman only does CGC. That's the only reason my, you know, I got my Walking Dead 127 when I had him signed by Adlard and Kirkman was through CGC was because that was, he's the only facilitator of, for that, you know, CGC's Kirkman's only facilitator. That's the only person he'll go to. He doesn't go to any other grading company. Mm -hmm. So you can't get that yellow label through anybody else. But so what they've done is they've done things like they've cut their, their turnaround times down to like 
Some people are getting their books back in weeks, like two and three weeks. But now that you're starting, people are starting to see like, they're, are they looking at them too fast? Are they truly not grading them? Are they just throwing numbers at them? Are they, are they just trying to keep clientele by fluffing these numbers up? Because I'm like, if they're doing fucking, if they're grading books that are supposed to be a 2.0 as a 9.2, you know, like My Walking Dead number two is a 9.2. I should send it back to them. It should be a 12. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it should come back a 9.8. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what? A 12. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, should I, should you start, you know, but then what does that do to the credibility? That's been my that's been my case with grading all along is credibility. You know, how do you know that that book is what they say it is? Well, it's just an opinion. It's yeah. just you just have an outside person between you and the person wanting to buy it that says this is what this book was. Yeah, but it's just that's a nine six on a water destroyed book, and for CGC to be like you need to send that book to us back now, I'd be like fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. Right. Lick my balls. I'll send it back if I want to. You want to pay me 500 bucks for this book? Sweet. Let's do it. You know? That's your fuck up, not mine. It's just... You, and, and to ban him. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, they actually, like... He, like, posted it in forums, and, on this, and they, like, messaged him back. You, you sent that book off. He sent that book off to be graded. He paid the price. It's your fault. It's your grader's fault. It's not this guy's fault. How the fuck are you going to ban him? Look my nuts, CGC. I'm trying to see if I can find what it was. But, I mean, that's... But, I mean, what... But, fuck, man. That's... uh, That's fucking cool, man. The Walking Dead. The stickers are cool, yeah, but... It's kind of just like... But it's not a sticker, man. Well, the the little label. But it's... I could see him doing it for things special. Like, but it, it, the cool thing is they're not doing it for every issue. Like, you get a zombie if you Here send him a certain issue. I found it. You know, it's only the key issues, like issue one, issue 100, that you, you're getting the, the cool labels. Otherwise, it's just a fucking zombie. It's from, let's see, where would it be? Is it an Adlard drawn zombie or, or <laughs> a uh, um, Tony Moore drawn zombie? Or is it a Rob, or is it a fucking Rob Liefeld drawn zombie, where the zombie has no hands and feet? <laughs> oh, you talking about for Walking Dead? Yeah, it's all Adlard. Oh, okay. It's a see that's bullshit. I want a Tony Moore drawn zombie on my number one. Motherfucker. It's a vertica. Fucking cut. Without issue one, there wouldn't or there wouldn't be a one hundred. You're fucking right. Here it is. I found it. It's right here. I think this is it right here. It's a. Uh, it's Marvel Premiere 15 is what the book was. So it's so it's it's first person Iron Fist. Yeah. Okay. So so you can see it right here and you got I know you guys all can't show Matt. But you can see the He'll 9.2. Post it on the forum. Yeah, I, I'll send chat. a link. Yeah. And here here's the back of it. Here's the back of the book. Oh yeah. The cover, the front cover looks prime. Yeah. And then you go to the back, yeah. And it, and it looks like somebody spilled their coffee on it. Yes, it does. It looks like somebody fucking, it looks like Dad had set his Iron Fist comic down. Mm-hmm. And fucking little Timmy walked up, Daddy, what are you bring? <gasps> you little bastard, that's yeah. coffee. Yeah, that's a shame. And it got sent as an, and it got graded as a 9.2. That's a shame. But what does that do 
to the grading. What does that? What does that honestly do? Just like CGC, it makes their grades bullshit and obsolete. It makes them not because it's it makes them not relevant. It's what it does. It hurts your business. It makes you question any book you buy by CGC, and it hurts their it hurts their uh, reputation. Yeah, the book was graded with the intention of selling it an eight point two for six hundred dollars, and it says, uh, you know. The 6.0s go for 175 to 200, and this came back in 9.2. And it says the, on the CGC pages, they took it down so people couldn't mm. see it. And it says uh, they're calling it the infamous CGC air book. <laughs> <laughs> but it, the infamous? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I was trying to find it, but yeah, they actually had messaged him and told him to send it back. But would you? Fuck no, I wouldn't. I would keep that book forever. Right? The CGC Air book. Or you sell it for more money and it just becomes, it's just like misprinted coins or misprinted money or misprinted anything. It you says know? right here, apparently keeping the book violates CGC's code of contact for people who submit books, and if the error book is kept, the original submitter will no longer be allowed to submit books to CGC. That's stupid. Oh, well. Oh, well. I would just start sending them to CGC. Yeah, that would be my opinion. Oh, well. You know, you fucked up. I got proof. Oh, well. It says, CGC's way of making the situation right is to have the book shipped back, and they will reimburse for shipping and are offering one free grade in return. Why, why would I trust you to free grade after that? Oh, well. Like, I mean, yeah, like the front of it's nice looking and the back looks like there's coffee. St- I mean, the whole thing is stained. Yeah. So it, that's crazy. And I'll send a link from comicsheatingup.net that you guys can actually read it. My opinion, honestly, if you fuck, CGC fucked up. Oh, well, not, not his fault. What he, what CGC should have done was privately messaged him and said, we're sorry that we made a mistake. Let us, please send us back the book. We will regrade it. We will refund your money. And your next grading is on us. Absolutely. Two free grades. I mean, that's it. That's, and he should get his money back for this one. Yep. I agree. 100%. But to tell them that he fucking is violating their their terms and agreements and that they're going to ban them from submitting books. It, CGC come that came at it like the, like they had a swinging dick. Like, they had a 12-inch swinging dick. And if I was this guy, I would call their bluff, you know? Who cares? It's not like you just can't go to CBCS and do it. It's not like CBCS is looked down on any more than CGC. They're about similar. Mm -hmm. So you you fucking call that bluff, and you kick them in their little dick, and you'd be like, you know, they want to walk at you like they got a 12-foot swinging dick. You pull their pants down and see they got a 2-inch dick, and you're the fucking winner. You got an error book by them. You caught that they fucked up, and you don't have to do business with them anymore. Win all the way around, I think. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's what I'm, I'm saying, like, like that would be like someone coming to me. That would be like, I have a misprinted Jay and Silent Bob action figure. I have a misprinted um, Jay action figure, and from Diamond, and that would be the the content of the Jay figure, but the the package says Silent Bob. That would be like oh, me cool. 
going to Kevin Smith and be like, here, will you sign this? Him going, nope, I need to confiscate this from you because it's misprinted. Yep. You can't have that. And you're not allowed to buy any more toys. And you're not allowed to buy any more of my figures. Well, fuck you. You know, that's exactly what I would say. I love Kevin Smith, but if I did that, I'd be like, fuck you. Fuck you. That's because just, that's not my fault, and those are like you said, those are diamonds in the in the rough in collectibles world to get something that's misprinted. Mm-hmm. So you see, fucked up, and it happens. So Own your mistake. Or if they never turn the book over. Own your mistake and don't fucking come at someone like you got a twelve foot dick. You know. I wonder if they have like quotas, and they had to meet the quota. And the dude was like, "Last one of the day, cover looks pretty good." Fuck it. I do. <laughs> I wonder if they just didn't even look at the back of the book. If it was just like they That's flipped through it and then they closed it and then went on to the next one. Like, I don't. I wonder if they just didn't even look at the back of the book. But you can't miss it. It's a clear fuck up. Maybe it was just that dude's last day at CGC and he was like, fuck you. Right? You 9.2s for all. <laughs> or he just got reprimanded and you know what? He was like, fuck this job. Reprimand my dick. There's right. got to be a way to see who graded it. They've got to have a way to they know do, who they have, Because the way they found the guy to contact him is they, because uh, he was just posting it in forums and stuff. I think originally that's how they seen it was. So, you know, a lot of people go by screen names. Mm-hmm. So to find it, what they did was they went back and found the paperwork and everything. And, and that's how they contacted him. But they ended up contacting him through Facebook. I, I know that. Yeah, that's that's still weird. Why would you? That's kind of unprofessional too. Why would you contact someone through Facebook instead of directly through email? Or like, if you're, I understand that it, in today's technology, it's not it's not uncommon. But for companies to talk to people like that, but in a pressing manner like this, where you want to keep it under wraps, where someone's bashing you for your stupid ass mistake, do you do you go like that's a Mike Wheeler approach? Do you go public with it on Facebook and swing your dick, or do you do you message someone behind the scenes and say, "Listen, we fucked up. We need that book back. This is what we're going to do for you. This is what our policy states. If you don't send the book back, it kind of shows that they they don't care for their customers. Yeah, yeah. You know, so but but they still have a fucking really cool Walking Dead label that they I do. really want to get. I just wouldn't. I I would say. If you want it that Maybe bad, send, send your one hundreds. But my, uh, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fuck with your number one. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't. Is it going to add any more value to the book? No, it's just cool. Yeah, I. Mm, that's up to you, but. I don't know. Every time I think about my like, I keep picturing me like walking up to the booth. Like right now, I picture me walking up to the CGC booth. And handing them now, I expect them saying, "No, you're part of Absolute Geek, and we heard you talking shit. So yeah, we don't no. want any of your fucking. You take your book, shove up your ass." <laughs> it's gonna be one of those things where you go to hand him the book, and the guy goes to take it from you, and you like pull back, and he pulls from you, and you like pull back, <laughs> right. and he pulls from you. It's gonna be like one of those awkward exchanges, and you just never gonna want to. You're like, "Let, let go of my book," and you're gonna take it and like run off, because <laughs> yeah, you don't want to let him I, take it. As much as I talk about it, I want to right now, but I could tell you right now that my fucking butt is puckered even just talking about Especially it. you don't sleep with that thing like it's firmly grasped under your pillow. It is in arm reach. Or if it's not in like a safe, should be like in a bulletproof display case under like 12 locks. It is in arm reach. Like I can, yeah. I can, if I'm laying in my bed and I'm watching TV. I'm, I'm here to take that book. I can, I can reach my right hand over. And I could put my hand on it. That book is gonna is definitely easily gonna be the amazing fantasy fifteen of our time. Yeah. 
it's going to be the Action Comics. And I don't, maybe not Action Comics number one, but it'll be the it'll definitely be the Amazing fi- Fantasy fifteen of our time. Like years down the road, when you're you know a grandpa or great grandpa, that book's going to be the hot commodity. That's going to be because there's only because you know The Walking Dead now. Even when the show fades away, The Walking Dead is still going to be. You know, it it probably won't be worth as much as it is like right now in this time. Yeah. But that book will always be an expensive book. Yes. No matter what. It will never it will never be three fig three numbers. You know what I mean? It'll never be like You don't think it'll ever be three figures? N- not three figures, but it, yeah, I don't think it it'll, it'll I don't think it'll always be a thousand dollar book and above. Yeah. For a good for a good copy of it. I, but it it takes a magical thing to do that, man. Like it's not, not everything gets that. Like what The Walking Dead has is special because Outcast doesn't have that. Outcast is a TV show too, and you don't see it exploding like that. You don't see number one exploding like that. Mm-mm. It's just a matter of, you know, it just worked. And it's, it yeah, just worked out. It just right. came at a time where it it exploded. And but yeah, I have one, two, three. Four, five. I have all of them to ten, and I have one hundred nineteen. All, all of them in, arm in a again. stack, and I could just put my hand on them at any time. Yeah. Sometimes I put one, two, and three, and I'll just prop them up so I can just look to my right. So if anyone wants to know where to get Walking Dead one through ten CG seed already, Kyle lives at seven seven three five. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. But um, yeah. But that's enough Walking Dead talk. For this week, let's get a little bit of news in and then do some comic book fucking reviews here. Because uh, I know everyone's waiting for that. Everyone is waiting for Kyle's monthly barn burning review of Paper Girls. I know I am. That's tonight. Um, You're going to get it. Let's get into a little bit of news here. Uh, Daredevil season three starts shooting later this year and will return to Netflix in 2018. What do you think of these, these venomized covers before you get into it? These, uh... These comic, they're they're the uh, like Wolverine, all new Wolverine had the Venom cover uh-huh. with the girl Venom. What, what do you think of the Venom covers like that? I think they're cool, but I mean, I'm not like it doesn't add anything to the book just because it's Venomized. I think they're fucking cool. Like this is this is Jean Grey as Venom. Yeah, that. That's cool. That's really cool. Honestly, with the Phoenix, like that's really really cool. But some of them don't make sense. Like the Mary Jane covers, like those didn't make sense. You know, the Venomized covers are cool though, for what for what I've seen of them. So okay, keep going. It just, just seems to be Marvel's flavor of the month thing. The way they're trying to make sales is did you, by releasing cool I don't covers. Know if, are you gonna talk? Are you talking about that today? What's that? What Marvel came out and said. No, I did not hear what did they come out and say. You didn't hear what they said? No, what did they say? I'm uh, apparently out of the loop on this. You should Google it right now. You should actually pause and Google it. Seriously. All right, I'm going to pause and Google, and we'll be right back. We're back from the Google session, and my God, where what a shitstorm. Where have you been the last four or five days? My head has been con- completely 
involved in watching the new season of Trailer Park Boys on Netflix and playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm not gonna lie, like it, that's that's solely where my focus has been. I've not been in touch. I cannot believe I missed this when I was putting the show together today. Wow, it's in it's on every every outlet. Wow, I didn't miss the racist Pepsi commercial, but somehow I missed this. I, I missed that. You missed the racist Pepsi commercial. I missed the racist. Apparently, Pepsi. with Pepsi. Pepsi will end the racial and social issues um, throughout the world as long as you just share Pepsi with someone. <laughs> I don't Good think stuff. that's what they're getting. I think they're just they're getting they're just saying that we can get along. Yeah, well, like it, it, it. That's not how it came across. <laughs> something simple can get everybody to a Pepsi. A Pepsi to, can to, get everyone to to, to get along. Get along. It takes it can t- it can take something small. To make people come together that's and not protest. Well, if I want people to come together, I'll buy the world a Coke. Right? A bag of it. Didn't Coke do that first? Hands Across America. If I can teach the world to sing. Yeah, Coke. But this Marvel thing, holy fuck, how did I miss this? You are under a Zelda rock. Apparently so. Dude, to the balls on this guy to come out and say that diversity, diversifying their characters are the reason their sales are bad. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean... He's since walked to those comments back, or at least trying to, but the damage is done. Yeah. And, you know, not to sound racist or anything, but most comic book readers are white guys. Yeah. (laughs) And and to... Well, I don't know about that, but... Dude... That's your opinion. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you. That's your opinion. Sit in a comic book store. You've sat no, in a comic I know. book store. Yeah. You, it's a lot of, it's a lot of smelly white neckbeards. Yes, that's it, true. It really is. Yeah, and I, I'm not blaming. You know what? I don't think diversity was what killed Marvel. I think it's their crappy writing, their bad storylines, and their fucked up universe that they have right now. That's why people aren't buying Marvel books because it's too all over the place. It's it's. They're rebooting. They're restarting. They're 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 here and they're there. And I, I, that's the problem with Marvel. Yeah, I mean, this maybe that is what they're hearing is maybe you know, that's what they're gathering from a lot of comic book stores is is going too far off base from characters. People don't like people don't like change. People, you know, you want Iron Man. You just want Iron Man. You don't want these different Iron Mans. People, you know, people. You know, people don't like different characters. They want their characters to stay the same. Yeah. Create new ones, but don't use the characters that we love to make the new one. And that's always been my staple is, you know, you why do you need to make an established character gay? Why do you feel the need to make create an established one. character? Exactly. Create a new character for that. Why do you have to, to hand the mantle of a character Okay, you want you want a Hispanic Spider Man like Miles Morales? They did that the right way. They did. My, Peter died. Miles got bit by a separate spider and took over the mantle. Mm-hmm. And Peter said, "You know what? Before the Ultimate Universe ended, when they did the, all you know, um, Marvel Comics Ultimate Miles Morales story run or whatever it was, Peter came back to life, and he basically said." You know what? Now is my time. I have the time to do the things I couldn't do when I was Spider-Man as Peter Parker. I'm I'm not going to take up the mantle again. It's all you. You it's all on you. You want this mantle, you can take it up, you know? That <clears throat> I'm fine with that. But doing what they're doing with like Iron Heart just to diversify 
they're just doing it to do it instead right. of, and then they're putting bad storylines behind it. Right. And that that's where the problem. It's cool that Marvel. You know what? They went out and they tried to. They didn't try. They are. There's a, there's there's so many fucking girl superheroes in the Marvel universe now, and you know we got. Gwenpool, we've got Spider Gwen, we've got you know, like they, Captain Marvel, Jessica Jones, they, they Miss Marvel, Gamora, you know. But where Marvel has gone wrong is Kitty Pride. They've gone wrong with variants. Mm-hmm. They have gone wrong with just you know fifty fifty variant covers is stupid. Yeah, that defeats the purpose and the enjoyment of having a variant cover. Because the, the cool thing about variants is you get to an artist that you like that didn't do the regular cover, that just did a small run that you get to have in your collection. That's, that's the point of a variant to me. You know what I mean? Oh, just like I like the Albuquerque, you know, I know the Albuquerque covers are one on one. It's like I don't collect Star Wars comics, but all the Albuquerque variants to Star Wars, I have. Because you like Albuquerque? Because I like Albuquerque. Yeah. I like his covers. That's where, you know, and then Marvel. It's just like know. J. Scott Campbell. He does not do interiors for any books. He just does covers and people go crazy over him. I'm still waiting for you know, mine. He's one of the biggest ago. names in comic art because of his covers. They're, yeah. they're works of art. They're not just comic book covers. They are literal works of art. And that's the cool thing about, and, and to, you know, to have 7 million variants takes away from having a variant. Here's my opinion of where Marvel went wrong. And, and, chime in feel free to chime in with your in- input whenever you want all right one like you already said their universe their universe is all over the fucking place you storylines are overlapping storylines people are in p- places in one book when they're in places in other books and they're just like it's a, it's a twisted web of fuck is essentially what their universe is they need to pull a dc they need to rebirth i'm not even gonna lie they don't need to relaunch as marvel now they need a complete bottom-to-top rebirth. They need to get rid of some of these characters. They need to erase them from the universe for a little bit. Why are you making Captain America a Nazi? You yes. know, why is he an agent of Hydra? Like, you're trying... It, it's literally like they're, they're sitting in the writer room and throwing shit at a wall and going with whatever sticks. Like I said before, I pictured, like, what they did when the uh, South Park was making fun of Family Guy with the dolphins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I picture. That's, that's what they're doing there. What, you know, there's a big dartboard <laughs> with fucking names and, and places and things. And, and then fucking somebody closes their eyes and they throw four darts. <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing. That doesn't make sense. Who fucking cares? And I think that's why Miles, Miles, is, Miles Morales Spider-Man is one of my favorite Marvel books right now. Because other than reaching out with Spider-Gwen, it's pretty self-contained. Yeah. It's not reaching out other than the, the crossovers with Secret Wars, which they had to do. It's been, even then, it's been a pretty self-contained book. It's not... They did... With Civil... They, they did Civil War, didn't they? Yeah. No. Yeah, sorry. Civil War. Secret Wars and Civil War too. but even with him being in the Champions, they mentioned him being in the Champions every now and then, but his individual story is pretty self-contained. Yeah. But Marvel... Marvel, you just need to stop and look at what's going on. You don't need all these different universes. You don't need 616 and Ultimate. Like, look at what DC did. They went back to basics. They rebirthed. They said, they pinpointed, this is when we fucked up. We're going to take it back to that time and work around it and revert it, rebirth it, 
and go on. And it's been, they've been killing it. Mm-hmm. My subscription went from mainly Marvel to now mainly DC because of that. And we shit all over Rebirth. <laughs> like, if Rebirth was the toilet, we painted it brown. We did. You know, but then we had we to eat our weird. words. Like, we had to eat poo sandwiches <laughs> when we finally started reading Rebirth. And honestly, it's been the best thing for DC. Now, DC can't get their shit together when it comes to making films, but... But at least they're putting out better books. But DC diversifies for a fucking reason. There's a reason, like, the, this person takes up the mantle. There's a reason why Jonathan Stewart, a black man, becomes the Green Lantern. There's a reason why there is now an Arab... Or, sorry, not Black Lantern, Green Lantern. There's a reason why there is an Arab-American now as the Green Lantern. You know, there's a reason behind everything they do to where Marvel's just like, oh, shit, guys, we're getting yelled at because we're not diversifying enough. Uh, We don't have enough strong, independent female characters. Let's make this person a girl and let's do this. And this person's not going to be black or this person's not going to be gay. And it's about and the, the fault is our culture. It's why can't you give these? I agree that. Comics should be diversified. Comics should be for anyone, man, woman, or child, regardless of race, age, religion, belief, whatever. Comics are for everyone. Give them someone to hold on to. Don't just go, well, after 60 years, Iceman's going to be gay now. Yeah. Okay, give them a good, or North Star's going to be gay now. I think what they did was they, they kind of did what dc did with batman versus superman they tried to jumble everything yeah. together at once and i think that's what they've kind of done over the last couple of years with their diversifying and everything is is they've just instead of just slowly bringing it out so that you know so that we're spoon-fed they tried to open our mouths and just fucking and they just tried to pour everything into our mouth and i thought that's what secret wars was supposed to do thought secret wars was supposed to destroy everything and simplify it into one universe but it didn't. It made an even more jumbled cluster. That is exactly the point, I think, where I completely said, I don't know what the fuck Marvel's doing. I don't fucking like what Marvel's doing, and I'm not going to take any part of it. And I think that I think that was actually, like, issue two. I think that was my... I think that's where I fucking... I was on the Marvel cruise, and I jumped into the ocean and swam away. Yeah. Mar- that I've been sa- We've been saying for years now, since this podcast has been around... That Marvel needs fresh blood. And they're getting fresh blood with Cena Grace writing Iceman. But they're giving the fresh blood their own titles. Like we're finally getting someone other than Dan Slott writing Spider-Man. You're going to have someone new writing Spectacular Spider-Man. I can't wait for that run. I won't touch Dan Slott's Spider-Man run to save my fucking life. Mm-mm. But I'll definitely check out Spectacular. And Scarlet. And Scarlet. Well, I don't know about Scarlet. I'm going to try it. Might as well. What's it going to hurt right, if not exactly. Dan Slott writing it? But... <laughs> But now Marvel's bringing back characters that were long dead, and they just... They're bringing Wolverine back. Are the the original Wolverine? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Because they're so overused of Old Man Logan right now. Like, I, I, I'm, and I was wondering, is that is Old Man Logan... I was wondering if that's what they're doing with Old Man Logan and the whole time travel. Maybe. And everything they're doing is, is how... Maybe that's what they're doing is they're, they're circling it back around to put him back in because... They've been talking about bringing him back. Hmm. Well, he has been gone for a few years, but it's just... Dude, I, I don't think it's even been two. No, it's been longer than two. Since they encased him in animanium? 
No, maybe you're right. I'm thinking. <laughs> I feel like it's been like three, but maybe you're mm, right. Well, it's been two years. Hmm. I just think, you know, I to your point, I got to agree. Why not make it a new character? Why change characters? You're not making Ironheart a new character. All you did was make a uh, a black little girl and give her Tony Stark. 2014, so October. So I guess it so has almost, been almost three, three years. years. So, but with Ironheart, all you did was give a, a little girl Tony Stark's armor. That's it. You're not. You're not making. You're not letting these characters be individual and stand on their own. You're trying to get them to fill someone else's shoes. And when it doesn't work out after 10 issues, you're like, oh, well, scrap that. We're going back to regular Tony Stark. Let's do this. You know, it's it's just, I don't think Marvel knows up from down right now. No, and they need to stop. They need to go through their entire division. They need to relook at everything and say, all right, this is what we need to do. We need to scrap all these titles. We need to readjust. And we need to continue on. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, like, Spider-Gwen is nothing more than a flash in the pan. Like, she's just the flavor of the year. She's still going strong, but I'm, I guarantee you her sales have got to be dwindling. Let's see, like, Edge of Spider-Verse 2. But she's a she's a cool character in her own right. Like, that's kind of a cool... I mean, it's her being in in Spider-Man right now with Miles. I've, I have enjoyed her in, yeah. in the last few issues of Spider-Man. I've, I've enjoyed it. Oh, so you have Edge of Spider-Verse 2. Um, but but she's she's playing a decent role. You know what I mean? She's like, which is cool. But, like, even with the crossovers, I read those books, but I'm not going to continue reading. But, but even then, there was a reason for her. There was a reason for her to exist as an alternate version in an alternate universe for a storyline. So she had a reason to just go one day and be like, all right, well... We need to make more gay superheroes. Um, who should we make gay? Iceman. Okay. Uh, Northstar. Well, he's been gay for a while now. Yeah, you're right. Okay. It'd be like making Deadpool gay. It'd be like making Peter Parker gay just to do it. It's, it's uh... I agree that there needs to be more gay superheroes in comics because comics are for everyone. But give them their own. Give them someone from the beginning that they can attach to and hold on to. Don't just do it, you know... For don't just change a character's origin just because it's a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. And what balls you've got to come out and say, well, in a time like in, in a society like today, what balls do you have to come out and go, well, it's diversity's fault. We diversified. So what I think was that, that what they were, I think what he, he was, what he was trying to say, like what his intention was, is is the feedback they were getting from comic retailers that it seemed to be what they were hearing from their customers was all the changes that Marvel has made is what people weren't liking. And I think it got twisted into, they don't like all the diversity people want, but you know, people who read comics, they want their core. They want their core characters to stay, mm-hmm. make different characters, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like when you start branching off, everybody does the same thing. They go, yeah, you know what I mean when you when you when you start to see your characters drift into a different direction, mm-hmm. and they they've taken all of them and they've done it with every one of them. Of course, you know with and then back it up with bad writing. What are people going to do? People are going to bail. Yeah, and what's happening is a lot. And 
a lot of these writers and artists, what they're doing is they're seeing what's going on and they're leaving to do their own creative work. Yeah. And, and I think that's where, you know, that's why I think that's why these image sales and everything is starting to climb because you're getting to see these, these people do their own cool and, and, you know, and, and not, you don't always want to read superhero stuff. You, it's, it's nice to have different things to read too. And having some non-superhero stuff too is, is, I think it's becoming more of a norm as well. And I think that's another reason for. And I mean, but DC hit it. I mean, when they when they said we're gonna rebirth it and we're gonna we're gonna do, and I think making a lot of the titles two ninety nine helped them a lot too, because you know you pick up that five dollar Marvel book and you're like, I'm gonna spend five dollars on this. I'm gonna give it a try. I already pretty much could tell you that I'm not gonna like it. Oh, uh, that's and that's exactly the same fucking feeling I had when I bought X Men Gold this week. Five nine four ninety nine cover price. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> there should be no reason why your books are five dollars. Right. I could see a annual, a special, a double issue. I mean, ten dollars for. Co- I say that. I say five. Ooh, five dollars for a comic book and. We just got done talking. I spent a thousand dollars on a Walking Dead book. Yeah, but that's that's not. You didn't have the option to buy it at cover price. You did back then, but you can't you can't handle what inflation does to the book and yeah. the, and what demand does to the price of the book. This is fresh off the the print. This is sitting on the shelf day one, first day out four ninety nine. Yeah, like that fucking issue of Spider Man a week or two ago. First day out. $10. $10. No. No, absolutely not. There's absolutely, especially for a Dan Slot Spider-Man book, there's absolutely no way I'm paying $10 for that fucking book. Not happening. It's mm. not happening. It, it, Marvel, I, I'm here to tell you, it's not diversity that it fucked your situation. It's piss poor planning, piss poor performance, piss poor writing, his poor execution, <laughs> bailing on a book after ten issues. Yeah, you know, changing creative teams. You you only have you you change artists on books constantly. Reading old man, look at how many times have they changed art like three or four times mm-hmm. now. And it, it's only on issue twenty one. Yeah, like in twenty one issues, you've changed artists three or four times now. I understand artists get back up and you want and shit happens. They have other engagements and you have to fill that role, and that's fine. But that's part of the problem is look at DC. You get DC, you get creators. You had Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo on Batman for 50 issues. You know, you have they DC seems to keep the same creative teams on these books unless they have a falling out. But they seem to be maybe you have one issue here where it's like, you know, the the prelude to the next arc. They they change the artist for that issue or whatever. Yeah. Like that's that's fine. But I'm so glad they're going to be doing another Batman book. You know, it's just... Did you hear that, too? Yeah. Snyder Dark Knight Metal. And Capullo. Yeah, I heard that. I think Galapian's doing the inking to it, too. Yeah. Let's see if they can strike fire twice. (laughs) My... What is it? My dad always said, the philosophy of life is to live by the... I believe it's seven Ps. Prudent, proper planning prevents piss-poor performance. Yeah. And Marvel should really learn a lot from that because <laughs> it's not your diversity that is doing it to you. And 
I don't think that's what comic fans mean is that you're because you're diversifying, it's hurting your books. I think it's means because you're rebooting all the time. You're changing storylines. You're making storylines that don't make sense. You're doing stupid shit just to do stupid shit that makes absolutely no sense. Like Gwenpool. Like Gwenpool. Because of the popularity of Spider-Gwen, someone saw Gwenpool and like, hey, that's pretty cool. You don't need to run with it. Like it was a cool variant cover. Yeah. When she was laying in the pool, you know, on the inner tube. Yeah. It was a cool variant cover. Mm-hmm. People popped for Howard the Duck at the end of it, of Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, people who know Howard the Duck from behind before are probably like, hey, that's cool. And then why bring back Howard the Duck? Right. You're just trying to, to capitalize off of off of things. And that's business. I understand that. But it's hurting your sales. You need to follow DC's suit. You need to learn. We've We've had Rebirth for a year now. You need to learn to rewind, go back. Take your books back to basics. Start out with your normal. Give yourself a Spider-Man book, Captain America book, Iron Man book, Thor book. Give your your core. And then an Avengers. You don't need a Champions. You don't need all this other shit. Like, bring roll that out later. Do what DC did. Have an initial launch of titles at a $2.99 rate. Or, you know, you can even go $3.99 a monthly. That's fine. But have an initial core launch of titles and then add more as you go. How could we, as Mar- how could Marvel, okay, like what we had, we had Flashpoint to initiate the 52. Yeah. Okay. And then we had to get it back. They, they kind of took, you know, it ca- it came Flash coming back. Kind of, you know, Watchmen, we had a, part of it dr manhattan what could marvel do to because they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do something like a flash something to initiate something to bring it in they can't do another secret wars they can't do another civil war because they've done both of those in the last fucking year and a half yeah but they need to do something like a flashpoint something that's going to alter marvel that's gonna it's gonna shake it and they need to change it and then they need to set it back. That's what they're going to have to do because they have to – they have fucked so long. They, they, there's there's so much. They have to do something that's going to take everything back to a point. And how far back do you think they should go? Brand new day. That far? One more day, yeah. That storyline – Because that, that, that goes prior to or even Spider-Man Civil, dying. Even Civil War. Like that, that – because like brand new day was like – but that was in the like early 600s of Spider-Man. Yes. 650s, six, 640s. I think it's even early. I think it's like 600, 601. I think it's it's not six. It's not 601, 606 Spider-Man because that's no. But it, it's it's later than it. Well, is it later than that? But that but that brings back that brings back Spider-Man and that that gets rid of like Superior. That you know what I mean. That does a lot. Yeah. Like that's. Oh God! That, but a lot of people, a lot of people say that a brand new or one more day is what's a brand new day. Fucked, well, one more day is when everything happens. Uh-huh. Brand new day is what happens after. after Mephisto resets everything. So that came out in two thousand and eight. Was when that storyline. <laughs> so they're gonna go back ten years almost. Um, it happened. It covered Amazing Sport, Spider-Man. Um. 544 
through 545, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man 24, and Sensational Spider-Man 41. But a lot of people count that as a turning point where Spider-Man started going off the rails. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody liked that storyline, and there's still ramifications to it to this day. Like, there was a whole storyline affected by it in Superior. Mm -hmm. Like, it's still one of those storylines that are affected today. But if you want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, okay, maybe not one more day. But if you want to go back to an event that f- that shook the Marvel universe to its core and kind of could be the catalyst for fucking everything up, Civil War. You go back to Civil War and it kind of fucks everything up. If you think about it, mm-hmm. they were going good. They have Civil War and then the status quo has been changed forever. You know, I don't know. I don't know what event you could go back to. The like first Civil did. War. Yeah. Yeah. That was such an awesome story, though. It was a, it was a fantastic story, but you go back and you change it to what if Captain America never came back? You know, what if what what could you make? What would the Marvel universe be without Captain America? You know, what you could fall there's there's things there that you can build on. What could but what could you think could be the event that could rock it to go back? What do you think? Like this, this you know, going back, this old man Logan traveling through time is a kind of a. They could you could use that because right now you know where they have old man Logan is they're actually, he's all the way back at like, what the, the, the Revolutionary War, yeah. mm-hmm. like, the or the French War I think it's the French War because yeah. it's the French actually catch him, um. So it could be him fighting through time. And that could actually, and that would bring back Wolverine too. That'd be mm-hmm. reached back by Wolverine. That I mean, that, I guess that could do it too. But remember when he, when Mephisto changed the timeline, and one more day, he he changed everything because he took it back to events of Civil War, where when he reset it, he made it so nobody remembered that Peter unmasked during Civil War. He made it so that Mary Jane and Peter didn't know each other. They never got married. Aunt May never got shot. It took him ba- like all the way back. It took him back so far where he no longer had organic web shooters. He was back to using, or he no longer had the interior web shooters. Mm-hmm. He went back to using the mechanical ones that he built. Like it reset. It reset a pivotal Marvel, a chunk of Marvel timeline. So do you think it should be Spider-Man that? It should have been Spider-Verse that set it back, honestly. Yeah. Like that would make Spider Verse so an entirely th- more amazing story. Do you think it would be than cool? it was? Do you think it'd be cooler to have Wolverine go and try to set the Marvel Universe back, or do you think it would be cool to have a Spider Man, like maybe like yeah, like Spider Man do it? Like you, I, honestly, right now with what Marvel has in front of it with this old man story, Logan storyline, it would be amazing to have a Logan going back to these periods of time in his life. Like, he knows, like, he should somehow know at points where things fucked up. So it's him going back in time, trying to get through points to put everything right to prevent what happens in the wastelands and prevent his future. So it should be him going back to that, you know, he's in the 1800s, and then it should be him going back to when Jean Grey dies and become, or before Jean Grey becomes the Phoenix and try and stop her or warn her about becoming the Phoenix. And then it should go, he should go forward to maybe Spider-Man and say, listen, kid, you know, you do, you make a decision that alters the universe 
it alters you the just, timeline. You just see Wolverine just traveling through every fucking. Well, or you know, he goes to Captain America and he says, "Listen, thing. this is what's going to happen. What, this is the events that are going to happen. This is going to lead to a civil war. I'm from the future. It's going to destroy the world as we know it. It's going to destroy us as a people as we know it. You know, it, it could be. I don't. know, Maybe that's a stupid storyline, but I just think right now they should do it the way. I hate to say it. Actually, I don't hate to say it. They should do it the way that DC did it in one book. It was one long book. It was a thicker book, you know. You could have Stephen Strange do it. You could have Watcher do it. You could have so many people do it. Madam Web could do it. Like, you could have. They should do one book, and then they should do, they should kind of do the same thing. Everybody gets their one title back, yeah. and it starts again. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a fantastic idea. And that's what it could be that Stephen, Stephen Strange is like, there's a disturbance in the universe, you know, and they could go back and and do it all over. But you're you're making things more convoluted than they need to be with the whole X-Men versus Inhumans and the Terrigen and Inhumans and X-Men. And it, it, it like the Marvel universe is so convoluted, overpopulated and in oversaturated right now. It's like, who gives a fuck? Right. But I think off the top of my head, those are the two main events that I can think of. If you guys can think of something else that we're not thinking of, let us know in the comment section. You know, let us know on Facebook or tweet at us. Tweet um, at Matt. Yeah, tweet tweet at me, Milk Money Matt. Milk Money Matt. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say mine. But why? You're at Kyle. I can't remember what yours is. Oh, mine's Kyle Kane four three one one. So if if we're not thinking of an event that could change. And kind of de- solidify and do D- to Marvel like it did to DC. Let us know. But I think the two the two main ones right off the top of my head are One More Day and Civil War. But One More Day undid parts of Civil War. So I guess if you don't have Civil War, then and Peter never unmasks, and you don't have the events that lead up to to One More Day because it's after he unmasks that people know who he is, and that's when they start going after everyone. Um, but to me, that's, that's far though. That's a, that's a lot of Marvel to, well, yeah. Cause I mean like, like DC, they only redid a few years. Yeah. But so you, you've had years after shitty, but like, think what happened. Like, okay. So we got Marvel now, then we got all new Marvel now, mm-hmm. and then we got, you know, fucking just Marvel and now we're getting Marvel now again. And they're just repeating the same fucking mistakes. It's like. Mm-hmm. It's like falling down on the. It's like tripping over the same rock, or, or walking the same path every day and tripping over the same <laughs> fucking log and never being the smart one to just fucking move the log, you know? They're stumbling at the same spots and in the same issues, and then they want to blame something else. It's like tripping over that log and being like, "Fuck you, rock, twenty yards from me You're for making really me fall. It. Fuck you, bird flying up. You're the reason I <laughs> fell because I looked up at you. You know, it's it's stupid shit like that. It's it's insanity." Isn't the definition of insanity doing the same thing and expecting a different result? Yep. That's what Marvel's in right now. It, it is. It is. Absolutely. But, all right, enough of that fucking shit. Let's, let's talk about some comic books. Let's do some comic book reviews. Comic book reviews. Let's, <laughs> let's decompress. Our two rants are done. The, my final thought is that, Marvel, you're, you're stupid. It's not because of diversity. It's because you're running a shit show that you don't know how to get out of. You know? And we gave you some pretty good ideas. I think so. <laughs> I think so. You know, influx of new talent, better storylines, not changing characters, create new characters. Don't change a character just because you want them to be gay or diversify. Make new characters for that. Make that character 
have their own storyline. Don't thrust them into someone else's <laughs> shadow. Yeah. You know, don't thrust a, a little black girl in a Tony Stark shadow. Let her have her own story. Like you did that with Miles. You didn't thrust Miles into Peter's shadow. You took my, you took Peter out of the equation and yeah, he had big shoes to fill and he had to live up to the legacy of Spider-Man. There's a difference between living up to the legacy and then standing in their direct shadow. Yeah. You had to live up to the legacy of Spider-Man, but he did it on his own. He did it his own way. He found his own way. Do that. That's fine. But don't directly change a character just for the fuck of it and then blame that when <laughs> your sales suck. Your sales suck because you put out garbage. Your your writing is shit. You know, you're not following the seven Ps. Again, that's prudent proper planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> just, just telling you. Look at DC. DC sat down and Jeff Johns even said it in <laughs> Jeff Johns even fucking said it in the press conference that we went to. They sat down and they they were like, all right, they pinpointed the point where shit went off the rails. And we're like, when we did Flashpoint, that's when shit went off the rails. That's when people became disinterested. We had too many characters. We had too many universes. We had too much going on. We reverted that. We We compressed it. We're going back to basics. They had an initial launch of titles, your core titles, and then a couple months hadn't uh, added a couple more then a couple months added a couple more they spoon fed us yeah and that's exactly what marvel should do they give you your initial titles your your you know going back to basics have that one event like you said that one book that takes you back to basics then you have your initial captain america iron man thor hulk spider-man you have that initial run and an avengers and that's all you need and an x-men and then you add later a couple months later you'll add like you know, the spider woman's or you'll add these other characters. You don't just crush it all at once, you know, and it's just too much, too, too quick, too soon. And cut down on the variants. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. There you go, Marvel. Congratulations. Free advice. Right. Fuckers. Fuckers. You fuckers. All right, let's get into some comic reviews. Kyle. I'll kick it off. We've been waiting. I'm not doing Paper Girls first. Oh, come on. Been waiting an hour and thirty four minutes. I'm gonna tea- between I'm gonna rants. tease everybody with a shitty book. Oh, here we go, people. If you need to go to the bathroom now, I, I understand. You can just let it play through. I was. Um, my first you lost book. me a shitty book. Yeah. Say. This is a number one, and I picked it up because it's a John Layman book. You know, he wrote. Uh, he's got some pretty good stuff out there. Layman. It's an aftershock comic, isn't it? It's an aftershock comic. It is. I. That's my. It's called Eleanor and the Egret. Okay. That's what the book's called. This is number one. It's uh, the Sounds like it should have been titled Eleanor and the Leave It. This is co-created and written by John Lehman and artist Sam Keith is also the co-creator. It starts out with a prologue years ago. There's a chick named Eleanor. She's in like a swamp. And then she finds an egg, and then that's the end of the... And it was an alligator egg, and it ate her at the end. Yeah, and then it picks back up the, that this this Eleanor lady is in an art gallery, and she's looking at this art piece. It is uh, another... A dude's junk. Yeah, it's another recent masterpiece from the Anastasia Rue, and it's everybody's a, looking at it. It's a painting of the alligator that ate her getting eaten by another alligator while she eats that alligator. So she's standing there in this elegant dress with her bird on her head. And, and it hat. shits on her. And it shits on her. 
Are you ready to close your book and, and just then, be like, I'm and, done. I'm and then done. it switches to the next day. You ready to give me a Jose? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. You could dance if you want to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then it switches to the next day where the, the painting has been stolen. And so they have this detective who's a, who's a specialized in uh, art thieves. And that's what his that's what his forte is in detectivery. Him and his cat. <laughs> Him and his cat. Yeah. So what they're doing is he's trying to figure it out and he's he's finding clues and what they do is they find a bird feather. They find a hole in the ceiling in the glass top and they find a bird feather. Those are their only and the paintings got those are the only actual clues that they have. So what so what they figured it out is that Obviously, they figured that somebody has cut into the roof, flown in, taken the painting, and they have flown back out of the art gallery. So what this detective has done is he's gone and he goes to a pet store where that chick, Eleanor, actually, with her bird, is actually hanging out. And the detective is talking to the store owner and he says, he's... I don't know a lot about birds, but Eleanor knows a lot about birds. She can help you. And she's like, shit, I'm fucking, you know. So she talks about the bird feather, which she lies. She lies. It says it's a different kind of bird. And the detective's like, he knows he's on to something. He's figured it out. He knows he's a little bit closer to figuring out who took the painting. So now she's like, I have to f- get rid of this painting. I got to sell it. I get black market. It goes. So she's talking to the bird. The bird does talk. It does speak very good English. And uh, what ends up happening is the bird eats the painting. And that's where it ends. What? <laughs> is that a fucking pelican? <laughs> no, I think it's an egret. <clears throat> but whatever. That's And that was the first issue of... That is dumb. That is so dumb. <laughs> Bird eats a painting. That's how it ended. The bird eats a painting. There's no way that bird can digest that painting. (laughs) Nope. And he says it tastes like a million bucks. Uh, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, guys. I'm glad that you gave yourself a badoop pow. (laughs) (laughs) I gave the bird one for saying it tastes like a million bucks. I tried, guys. I picked up a number one. I went to the comic book store today and Image Black Cloud was sold out. That's the one I really wanted to read and review for you guys. But I thought this one might have hope because John Lehman does Chew. Mm-hmm. And he's done some other cool titles. He's done uh, Marvel Zombies. He's done some cool stuff. So I, he's local. He lives here in like Mesa. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd give it a shot, see where it was at. And... You will probably never ever hear me give a review it's of this. Swing and a miss. You know what? They all can't be winners. Nope. They're still cheaper than most Marvel books, so fuck it. Yeah. I gave it a four. Damn. Out of ten, huh? Yeah. I didn't care for That's it. That's a stellar review it there, wasn't, Tal. It wasn't my cup of pelican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you read this? No. All right. X-Men Gold. As we get done with our Marvel rant. As we get done with our Marvel rant. This is the one book I was talking about. Four ninety nine cover price. I picked it up and I thumbed through it and I was like, you know what? This doesn't look that good. I do, I'm kind of skeptical about a relaunch of another Mar- of X-Men book. 
and it being four ninety nine. But it was actually a pretty good read. Um, essentially, all it is it's the core X Men book. Humans arguing over X Men and if they should be loved, feared, or hated, or respected. And this is about Kitty Pride's um, X Men team. It's a Kitty Pride led team. It's consists of Kitty Pride, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Storm, um, um, Old Man Logan, Old Man Logan, and Rachel Summers. So he's in the wastelands and with the X Men team at the same time. Apparently so. Ah. Rachel Summers. Um, and she goes by prestige now. So essentially all it is is they're, they're kind of doing battle in the city and then it comes to an end. The skyscrapers falling and Kitty pride phases an entire skyscraper to the ground, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, they're, they're working together as a team, which is nice. And it kind of just go to the core value of X-Men. And then, um, a little girl starts, talking to Kitty Pride and starts going to thank her. And she's like, don't talk to her, dear. She's like, sorry, mutant, homo superior, enhanced individuals, whatever the pol- politically correct term for you <laughs> these kind of days are. And she was, Kitty Pride's like, listen, I understand that you don't like us. You don't like mutants, especially since what happened between us and the Inhumans and all the, the death and destruction that happened there. She's like, I understand that you don't like that, us. And uh, she goes back to the Xavier School, and now – the Xavier School has been pulled out of the Null Zone and is now in Central Park. So this story kind of goes, yeah, it's in the middle of Central Park now. And Who the fuck wants a mansion in the middle of fucking well, Central Park? Well, Kitty Pride made a, uh, a deal with the mayor of New York to have it. And that's kind of the story is that the mayor I of New York shows upstate up. upstate New York kind of place. Right. Now, so you know. The mayor of New York, or the mayor's assistant shows up to hand Kitty Pride the bill for having the X-Mansion in... Uh, the middle of Central Park, and the the taxes on it are eighteen million dollars. <laughs> so it's Kitty Pride trying to re- like reflect and and get the X Men together, and she's kind of living that what would Charles Xavier do type thing, and, and dealing with that. And um, Colossus shows up and wants to talk to her about their relationship, and he's like, you know, I I love you, and she's kind of like, please God, let someone start attacking the city. And then Rachel Summers busts in, and she's like, someone's attacking the city. And they go and they show up to it, and it's the uh, the new Brotherhood of Mutants, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants that are attacking the city. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yep. So it looks appears to be a new um, Brotherhood team, and they kind of say that um, you know, they kind of say that Rachel Summers is going by rumor now, so she doesn't live in the shadow of the Phoenix or Jean Grey. Uh. So she's going by rumor, and there's actually um. It shows you kind of a preview of all the new X titles coming out. X-Men Blue, Weapon X, and then Generation X. Um, so they're bringing back all the new yeah. titles. In there's a nice, in the back page, there's a nice little letter from the writer, you know, thanking you for purchasing this book. And he kind of jokes around and says, I hope you didn't pirate it. And you should feel, uh, <laughs> apparently, feel terrible for pirating it and all that. But it... It was a surprising book. It was a quick read. It was good. Um, it kind of caught me on guard. I'll definitely check out issue two. I give it a 7.5 out of 10. Nice. So, now I... Now you're going to do paper Now I'm going to do Nightwing. Uh, you fucking dirty bastard. <laughs> going to make us work for it, Kyle. We're making us work for it. Trying to get you to the end of the show. 
So, Nightwing 18, where we left off was Robin's, uh, Nightwing's girlfriend was captured by Pig. And she was tied up, and Nightwing had met Evil Nightwing, and Robin had met Deathwing. Deathwing, yes. And and Damien had met the other Robin that my new ska the, metal the weird band. creations that they were, you know, Peg is taking people and kind of erasing their memories and then giving them the memories of of whatever person that he wanted it to be that he thought he was making like he's making it into art he's making it better making that the better version of what that original person was and that's what he's doing by the way that's the name of my new ska death metal band is deathwing and the pig deathwing and the pig so it picks up where album on itunes <laughs> in october nightwing and damien come crashing in to save his, to save his girlfriend and then as they're battling it bounces back to them talking, talking? to oh. Deathwing and uh, Weird Robin. And uh, they're tying them up. Well, they're tying up Deathwing. And, uh, they're kind of going back and forth about it and trying to f- figure out, like, what the hell is going Why does on Nightwing look like Napoleon Dynamite in that panel? I don't know. Doesn't he? He yeah. looks like Napoleon Dynamite in that fucking panel. There's a couple panels. That's got to go up on the Facebook. <laughs> and what's going on right now is is other Robin, Robotron, that's what Nightwing calls him, is ba- and what he's doing is he keeps bouncing back between his new memories of, of being uh, Damian Wayne and his other memories of the person that he used to be. And, you know, like, he's, like, sitting, he goes, my father, Bruce Babar, he's always too busy driving that lorry around Manchester, not for my brother. And then he goes back, he's like, my brother's dick. You know, so he's he's fighting these memories. And what he's actually doing is he's he's trying to gain his old life back by, you know, like, he's trying to free that suppression of those memories so that it comes back and he's himself and not this weird creation and then it it bounces back to the Damien and Nightwing are fighting and just as Peg is going to kill uh, Dick's girlfriend Damien throws a fucking batarang and frees her and and then it's, it, it does a lot of bouncing back and forth. And then it bounces back to uh, Robotron and uh, Deathwing. They're talking. And, and, and Robotron is like, dude, you don't want to be what this creation is. He's like, remember, you used to have another life. And he's like, and he's he's, he's fighting a little bit more because like he's, he's like, in my past life, I was nothing. Now I'm kind of something right now. I've, I've been... And he's like, no, you, you know, and Robotron is like, you need to bring back these memories. You need to come back. And, you know, and he's like, you know, I am this person. This is my name. This is who I am. This is where I came from. My dad was a driver. You know, I have a brother. I, you know, and, and it starts bringing back my brother's dick. You know, he's like, you got to no, fight that's your for brother. Love. That's not who your brother he is. Loves what he the loves. Dick. 
And uh, so as they're fighting, yeah, fucking ads. You know, they, and that's what they're pretty much fighting. They're pretty much going back and forth. And Pig's got this big, like, steel, all the shit that he's using to make it. So, so Nightwing, like, comes over and he fucking smashes it so that it falls over and it lets everything out. And just as Deathwing's like, I don't want, he doesn't want to be his old self. He wants to be Deathwing. He wants to, he, he likes where he's at now. He's, you know, it, it feels like he's given him purpose. So he fucking chokes out Robotron. <laughs> fucking chokes him. And, you know, when Nightwing was knocking over this big metal pig full of like this weird steel type of stuff that was helping him, helping Pig make all of his creations, he broke his, he broke his ankle. He's so sad. He's just, oh, no. He's just laying there. And then Damien's like, yep, I pretty much figured out that you want to draw a lady and you don't want to be Batman. I'm fucking out. <laughs> so he bails out. His old lady's... Um, Sean's hand, uh, hugging Dick. You know, they're talking about his ankle. And he leaves and he runs back and Damien runs back into uh, Deathwing. And he, he rips his mask off. Not Damien, but Deathwing rips that, mm-hmm. that half, like, Dick Grayson face off and throws it on the ground so that it's like this weird stitched face that you can't actually really see. And they're like... Uh, you know, he's like, I'm going to get you for Robotron. That was a kid. Robotron was a kid. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to make you pay for fucking, you know, for everything that you've done to help do to him. And just as he's about to attack Deathwing, he gets hit in the, from the back of the head by somebody. And then it, it shows a little panel that says, Robin dies at dawn. Mm. And he flipped the page and it's, uh, it's, you know, Nightwing's running around now trying to find Damien, figure out what the fuck's going on. And he's like, where the fuck is he? What the fuck is going on? And, and it switches over, and then there's uh, Dr. Simon Hurt is actually the one that's actually behind it. Hmm. And it ends, and it starts the dawn of death. And that's the next issue. So for the, the last few issues had been so good of Nightwing, this one was kind of... All it did was kind of push the story a little bit into the new arc of whatever's going to be happening now. Yeah. So it was kind of a low issue. It was. It wasn't bad. It 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 pushed the story. It just wasn't as exciting as the last couple issues have been. Mm-hmm. But I give it a seven five. It's it's finally, you know, it, it it it's it's going good. I think this new, uh, I think this new story arc is going to be pretty cool. We're going to see where it goes. I think Damien's getting obviously Damien's going to be in it more, mm-hmm. so that always makes everything better. Yes, sir. All right, I'm going to do Jessica Jones number seven. This is still one of by far my favorite Marvel titles out. I think um, you're all a Marvel's dick right now. Yeah, right. Um, writer Brian yeah, Michael three Marvel titles this time. Brian Michael Bendis. You he's know, awesome. He's, he's a fantastic writer. Uh, it opens up with Miranda Hill. You see S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Miranda Hill running around, um, and someone is chasing her. Someone ends up catching up to her, knocking her down, and killing her. But then you see a bullet come from the rooftop and take out the person that killed her. 
and Miranda, it's Miranda Hill who shoots it. And what it is is this guy killed a life decoy model of her. And then it cuts to Jessica Jones standing in a liquor store buying some booze, which she does. That's so out of place. And she comes out of the booze store to seeing a guy um, hitting on a woman and basically going to the point where, like, he's going to, to like, rape her. He's, like, trying to make her go on a date with him and kiss him and, and all that. And Jessica pretty much stops him and, like, breaks his hand. Like, she smashes his hand through the car window, shattering his hand and then leaving him there and taking the woman to uh, to safety. And then it cuts back to she's in a restaurant with Danny Rand, Iron Fist. And she's asking Danny Rand where Luke Cage is because she wants to find out where Luke Cage took their daughter to. And and Danny's kind of like talking to her. And he looks very much like Jay- Jonathan Taylor Thomas right there. If you know who that is from Home Improvement. <laughs> um, he's kind of like trying to talk her off the ledge and calm her down. And he eventually tells her where Luke is and Luke goes to her and... and He's like, sweet Christmas, thank God you're here. I can't get this kid to stop crying. And Jessica comes in and gives her some Cheerios and kind of calms her down a little bit. And, you know, they kind of have their talk. And, and Jessica leaves um, at the end of it and goes back to Alias. And she walks into Alias and she hears, like, an, a, a bump coming from the bathroom. She goes to open the bathroom door. And she's like, who the fuck is this? And, or who the fuck's in here? And then you see Miranda Hill. She's like, my apologies, Miss Jones. There's never a way uh, a way to make a meeting less awkward. Um, but I do apologize. Listen, someone tried to murder me tonight. Would you do me a, a favor she, um, and find out who? So she's going to hire Jessica Jones to find out who tried to kill her in her life model decoy. So hmm. it's a very interesting. It, it's very interesting. Uh, if you like the Marvel Netflix show, Check out the book. Um, it's on issue seven. You can probably still find issue number one. It's been a hot book. It's been a fantastic read so far. It's one of my favorites to read every month. I give it an eight five out of ten. Wow, nice. It's that strong, empowered female character. She's conflicted. She doesn't need a man, but she still wants to take care of her child. Got a man. Yeah, she doesn't need Luke Cage. She can handle herself, but she still wants to take care of her child, and she's just trying to do what's best for everyone involved in her life. And it's, it's a very interesting story and it's by far one of my favorite books to read every month. So like I said, eight, five out of 10. Nice. So Batman. Yeah, I guess we could do Batman. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I can do paper. No, 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 no. Let's, let's do one together. We've been doing solo. Let's do Batman. I am Bane. Number 20, the end to the I am Bane story arc. You know, I, I have to give it to King. I like what I think this is thinking outside the box type of writing, but most of this arc has been inside Bruce's head. Mm. Most of it has been his thoughts. And I actually, I was listening to another podcast and they're actually talking, they, that's what they didn't like about this arc and this book so far. I think it's fucking cool. Was that impressive defects? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't like one of the guys doesn't like. Actually, they just they think this Batman run is terrible. This is probably one of the first times I've ever disagreed with him. I think it's awesome. I like that he's doing that. I think it's different. I think it's cool. I wait. He thinks the I am Bane storyline is terrible, or he thinks that King's storyline has been terrible. Both, <clears throat> and he thinks the uh, both. He doesn't like. I'm disappointed. Yeah, me too. You speak so highly of them, and then this is I hear this information. Hey, you can't. 
Can't win them, can't all. Win them all, I guess. Can't, can't have the same opinion about every single I thing. Guess. I'm sure there's a few people out there that disagree with us a lot. I'm sure. Yeah, they let us know. <laughs> but that's what I like about... That's what I like. Did you even the, watch the movie? He doesn't call him dad. They watched the movie. He doesn't call him dad. His dad's dead, remember? <laughs> yes, I do remember. <laughs> Fucking Jose. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Jose has been made obsolete. He's stupid. But yeah, this is... I mean, it, this... it. This issue starts out, they're still fucking throwing blows at each other. That's exactly where this starts. What I absolutely loved about this issue is that it goes back to the very first issue of Rebirth that we were making fun of. I thought he was going to pull a disc out. On the plane. And it's a combination of everything. It's like Bane talking. Well, yeah, it's kind of like Bruce and Bane both talking shit. About all the events. It's a, a conversation between him and his mother. As he's basically... You you kind of get the feeling that he's succumbing to the blows that Bane is delivering to him. And it's him having a conversation with his mother about everything. Yeah. As Bane is kicking this the shit out of him. issue is in his head. Yeah. And it as went, he's being pummeled. And it went all the way back to issue one of Rebirth. Like, it went back to him on the plane. Him with Gotham Girl. Like... It really like solidified everything that's happened in the first twenty issues yep. of Batman, and I thought it was awesome. I did too. I thought it was awesome the way it did it. The fight with between him and Bane is just brutal. Like, you know, they're going back and forth where he's like, "I can break you," and you know, and he's just talking. The whole conversation is like, even the plan of him of. The the you know the first times that they fought the the reason that he lost was for a reason like he's had this master plan and he's telling his mom this master plan that he's had this of 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 just so he can because he found the good in two people yeah well in the, he found someone who could do what he couldn't he can't save the city he's not strong enough to save the city but he found two people that were and he was going to groom them to take over the mantle because so he could quit. Because the good in them. Yeah, so he could stop because they had the light that he didn't have. They were the light as to where he's the darkness and he he wanted to give it up. Um, give it all up. And I just think the final panel of this story arc is Wait, so good. Bane? No, well that was cool too because I mean they're going back and forth and he ends up like they're fighting to the death almost and he headbutts Bane and Bane, Bane is laying there mask blown out in a bloody pile but Bruce is fucking bloody too and he looks up and he's like um it says you vowed to win a war the girl was your way to win and so you did all of this suffered all of this for the possibility of and then Batman says, and Batman says no and it cuts to his mom like coddling him and she says victory and he says, no, I'm sorry, mother, but no, that's not right. This Bane, what I've done, what I've suffered, it didn't have anything to do with war or victory or dying on the plane or even your father. And she's like, Bruce, he's like, this girl needs help. So I helped her. That's all it is. That's all it's ever been. Bruce Thomas Wayne, my little boy, all grown up. You know what? You don't need a good death for me to be proud of you. And, and it cuts back to Bruce's bad. He said, yes, mother, I know. So it's kind of like he's dying and he's having like this flashback and this conversation with his mother 
as he's fighting Bane is he's kind of like almost on the brink of death from his internal injuries. Maybe not, but that's how I kind of perceived it. Yeah. And he fucking headbutts fucking Bane in the next week. Yeah. Because he's talking ah. about, he's talking, it kind of gives you the, the essential thought that he died on that plane mm. and that this has all been like in his like memory and he's like living in this in his memory. So it's kind of like, instead of the story going forward, this is kind of like him remembering, yep. you know, but it, it was just so well done. I, I absolutely love this story arc. I am Bane. I, I've, I have no problems with Tom King's. It started a little rough, but around issue 10, it found its footing and he's been he's been going strong ever since mm-hmm. then. Took off. I'm super excited about the the crossover event or the event he announced um, a book of jokes and riddles. That sounds like it's going to be a Joker Riddler team up. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with the Flash crossover with the button. The he's button. he's killing it, man. He's yep. definitely killing it right now. I give this book a nine out of ten. Ah, uh, I liked it too. It was really good. What do you give it? I give it a nine as well. Nine. All right, let's do it, Paper Girls. I'm buckling in. Oh, shit, everybody. The wait is over. Paper Girls 13. Uh-oh. Remember we left off the... I don't remember. The but... chick from the future had come back in her pod, and they had, they had seen it like a shooting star. So two of the girls that were separated from Aaron uh, were going towards it, thinking that that's what they could... You know, to help them get back or at least find somebody. This is a writer that needs to come to Phoenix Comic Con. This is a writer that they need to get into this to our show. Yeah. So where it picks up now is Aaron is holding the little. You know, remember they they put that device on the on the chick that was speaking weird. Now they could speak to her, mm-hmm. and she had the baby, and. Uh, and what happens is they're walking. They're like, we need to find your friends. If your friends aren't already dead and we don't see them floating down the river, the three men have grabbed them or something else has got them. But we need to find them. If you think if you want them alive, we need to find them quick. So as they're walking and they're talking and they're, uh, they're like, they pull up to this little ripple in time that's at like a little opening in it. and And she's like, they, what they call it is that's the magic shithole. Because what it's doing is, what they explain in this book is there's these little ripples that are opened up in in the fabrics of time. And as things are being changed and as things are being altered and as they're doing stuff, products of that get spit out of these little of these little rips in time. So different things come out. And, I, and like, and it shows a close up. She's got all these like devices on a necklace and it's stuff that's been spit out and i and i'll get into it in a little bit but i think that's where the, i don't think the kid is hers i think the kid is actually a byproduct that was actually shot out of one of these ripples in time so what aaron does is what actually she, it actually she comes up with an idea she's like i got to do something with this ripple we can't leave yet and then it switches over uh KJ and there she just had her period you know and so they're traveling towards this that pod and they found the pod hanging from the trees and they they're bantering back and forth and they're like um the chicks asked KJ she said you know you just had 
your period, you're on the rag, you maybe should see if there's some women stuff in there. And she's like, oh, I'm using a napkin. That is not what she says. <laughs> it's a, she says she's using a handkerchief. Oh. So she, she folded up a handkerchief. And she says, what are you, 80? Who the fuck carries a handkerchief? Right. But she climbs up in it, and uh, KJ climbs up in it. Because she goes like, um, so you feel any different? And KJ's like, well, yeah, we're stranded, we're stranded in a prehistoric time. Of course I feel different. And she's like, uh, it's just my brother says girls kind of lose their minds when they're on the rag. <laughs> and she's like, on the rag? Did you seriously not learn anything in sex ed? And she's like, yeah, my dad wouldn't let me take none of the sex of the title. <laughs> I just had a gym teacher tell me that, uh, that it was unladylike to talk about our bodies. <laughs> but now she's in it. She finds a cool pair of shoes. So she takes the shoes. And then there's this weird thing shooting out. It looks like fairy sparkle dust into the sky. And, and she's kind of right above the tree lines in this in that pod. And she's like, that's where we need to go. That's where we need to be. And she's like, and, and, uh, they, they keep they kind of argue about it. I don't know if we should go there. And she's like, that, that's just where we have to go. And then it switches over to that chick that had come in the pod from the future. And the, these three men have her tied up and hanging upside down. And a lot of the stuff that had spit through those little ripples in time, they have like space helmets, some of their, some of her tech and stuff. And that's what she realized. She's like. This is what's going on when we do this, when we travel through time, when we build things and we change things. You know, these primitive people are getting this technology. I, I think they call it a bleed through. And then they kind of wake up and now they're tripping out and she's trying to figure out what to do. And it switches back to Aaron. And Aaron's like, I know what I have to do. I've got to write a message on this field hockey stick. Oh. Remember back when they were in yeah. the... So she... Now she's realized that she's sending a message to herself. Because she's like... So she's actually taking that and actually engraving Don't Trust Other Aaron into it. And she's... And it, that's where you really realize it. Because she's like, a message from whom? She says, the people on the other side of the shithole, they're not magic. And then says, they're just like us. And it's the... It's it's up high and it's in the mall, mm. so she takes that and, and that's she knows what she's doing, but she's hoping this time when she sends it through, that it's going to be more understood. And what's going to happen is, when when they find it, when she finds it again, she's going to understand it this time, and she's going to know not to get sucked into time and end up there and then they're not going to just be there anymore. That's kind of the path that she was... That's kind of her thinking on it. And, uh... And then what they do is the... KJ and the other girls show up to where the... And it's this weird-looking diamond with these tentacles on it and they're, like, shooting out like, glitter fairy-looking things. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at it, and they're like, they're thinking that maybe this is what can get back. So KJ walks up, and she's like, she goes up to touch it. And as she touches it, she freezes. And everything that they've done, and everything that's going on, 
and and stuff that hasn't happened yet. She sees her and Aaron kissing. Yes. Oh shit. And then she gets pulled away from it, and it's like, "Are you all right? You're just standing there like a creep." And she's like, "What is that thing?" And KJ's like, "I don't know, but whatever you do, don't fucking touch it." And that's <laughs> where it ends. And that was Paper Girls thirteen. Paper Girls 14 on sale May 3rd. So, in a month. But it's still, I mean, we're, th- God, it seems like we've been reading this book forever, but it took that long hiatus. Yeah. But we're 13 issues in. It's still fucking. That's very Mr. Rogers' neighborhood of you. What? I feel like we've been reading this book together forever. I do, though. We feel like we've been, who is that? I feel like this book's been read forever. It is the one who deleted himself. Yep. Hey, Mr. Delete. (laughs) But you know what? Paper Girls has been awesome. It's a good read. It's been consistently weird. It's it 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 keeps me into it. I'm it's good. That's good. It's consistently. (laughs) It's good. It's not trailing off. It's not. It's it's already gone in so many weird tangents and areas that even if it strays somewhere, you can't even tell because it's been so crazy. Yeah, but it's a good read, and I'm sure all you guys are reading it now. So it's I don't even need to tell you. It's very exciting it. now that it seems to be coming back full circle and coming around. Yeah, and you're kind of getting at least a little glimpse of what's going on now, and it's starting to piece itself together. That's very exciting. So, um, Spider Man. What did you give it? Uh, I gave it an eight. Eight out of ten. Yep. Did you read Spider Man? I did not. You did not. I, I got like three pages into it, and I was like, you know what? It's getting late. I better get over here so we can get a did podcast you, done. Did you skim it a little bit? Did you uh, see the art inside of it? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Beautiful art. I didn't get pa- I didn't get past the banter of him saying you're just full <clears throat> of hormones and you really want to do Spider-Gwen. So this is essentially, well. Did you leave? <laughs> no. Spider-Man number 15. Um, in this issue, Rio Morales discovers the truth and things will never be the same again. <clears throat> so, essentially, what this issue is, is it, it takes place before the last issue. It takes place before the sitting in a tree story arc. So, it's, so before they... Well, no, it's after. Because they, they come back. Yeah, so it takes place before that story arc. So, it's... <clears throat> and you'll see what I mean here in a minute. It's Miles and his dad sitting there eating burgers together uh-huh. on a rooftop. And, like, Miles calls and leaves his mom a message. And she's like, she's got to be worried about us. Um, I got to do this. So Miles' dad is kind of telling Miles why he's in in S.H.I.E.L.D. now. And, and they're kind of going back and forth. And they're talking about Spider-Gwen and his relationship with her. And how, like, you know, he's got to let her go. And then when he'll, he'll one day find that woman. It's just like, damn. And it'll be like, damn to her in that... You know, when it's meant to be, their lives will just click together and they'll mold into each other. And soon enough, it'll be like they were never lived separate lives. Uh-huh. And what I think is kind of funny, in the middle of their conversation, you hear, help, help, my purse is just stolen. Someone stole my purse and you just see Thwip. And <laughs> right? he's still sitting I, I on a rooftop that. eating a burger. And then you hear, thank you. And, she's, and Miles is like, no problem. And then his dad asks him if he's gay with Genki. Right. And he's like, no, dude, Genki's just my best friend. And he's like, that's kind of fucked up. And he's like, well, you never know. These weird times. <laughs> and uh, then it shows it shows the dude like webbed up at the ground with police around him. 
And so Miles and his dad go back to the house, and Miles is like, I'm going to drop you off at home, and I'll, I'll sneak out, and Mom will just think I'm at school. But when they get home, his mom is sitting there, and she was like, you're lying to me, Miles, and you didn't stay here. And she finds she went to search his room while he was gone, and she found his formula for web fluid. So she's asking him what's going on, and, and Miles' dad starts explaining she that. he's on drugs? Miles' dad starts explaining that he's back in – in shield and that he made a deal with shield in order to protect miles. And now he has to work for him again. And his mom was like, what's this miles? Why, why do you have a formula for organic web fluid? And he was like, well, because I'm Spider-Man and he, she's like, you're Spider-Man. He's like, well, one of them and takes off his coat and like jumps on the roof. And essentially his mom gets mad that she was lied to and she leaves. And, and miles, dad is like, don't tell your mother about this, please. She's like, don't worry, I won't. I'll just say that you cheated on me. And she leaves. And then it shows Miles going back to school and sleeping. And Genki has pretty much told everyone that he, he's been missing class because he's been sick and that the RA checked in on him. And uh, Gold Ball shows up with some pizza and they're about to eat slices of pizza together. And um, he's like, so, you know, he's like, so regular us young men, uh, we're, uh, he's like, so fill us in, man. Where have you been? And he's like trapped in the savage lands with the champions, breaking up fights between the Inhumans and well everybody. And Miles is like, I made out with Spider Woman. And he's like, Wait, hold on, what? He's like, I'm telling you. He's like, How did it go from your dad is missing to you making out with Spider Woman, uh, who dressed up like a giant, uh, who dresses up like a giant frog and snatches a purse? So he starts telling him about like. This is where he starts telling the story because remember the last that that arc picked up right in the middle of them yep. starting to tell the story, so he's kind of still to tell the story, and then it cuts off to uh, another like gangster talking, and then Miles's dad gets a phone call, and in the phone call it says, "Mr. Davis, this line is secure." Uh, he's like, "I'm calling to inform you that the direct, director." Uh, Hill is no longer with S.H.I.E.L.D. All of your uh, private operations are suspended. Your agreement with her is terminated. Please put the phone down away from your hands and face. And thank you for your service. Goodbye. And the phone explodes. And um, then in the next issue, it shows uh, Genki running into the this woman who runs the podcast, the Spider-Man podcast, in the school. And that's where it ends. Ah, but um, that's cool. It's kind of like his mom finds a cell phone, and it, it's kind of like this whole whole thing. Like she knew he used to work for Shield, and now he's back, and she doesn't like it. She doesn't like the fact that she's been lied to, so she leaves. And it's just kind of like it was kind of like the prelude to the previous story arc, which yeah. I thought was really cool that they did it that way. So I give that book uh, a seven five out of ten. The art gets a ten out of ten because it's fucking visually yeah. amazing. All right, let's book of the night. Walking Dead, let's do it. Walking Dead. How many issues did you buy, Kyle? Did you buy five? I did not. I bought ten. Why did I buy ten issues I of this book, Kyle? I bought 25. Why Why did I buy ten issues of this book, Kyle? Because this is the issue that... Nothing happens. Nothing happens in it. Nope, this is the issue that you know, that it, it is for sure that you know Andrea is going to die. I don't know if it's for sure, but it's definitely hinting that way, doesn't it? I mean, she's bit in the neck... We when we talked about it before, we thought we were hoping that maybe she got grazed by a bullet, yeah. and this this issue confirms that she was actually bit. So, this is one sixty six. No surrender. The book Kyle was talking about is actually 
167. So that's the one you need to be on the lookout for. Possibly. Um, Buy it at your own risk. Yeah. Don't. But I think I think this is one that's it's this because this is the. I think they're gonna call this one the. The for sure we know Andrea's gonna die issue. Yeah. And then the next one will be the death of Andrea. Yeah. So it picks up where the last one left off with Andrea Magna, and their crew Eugene out there trying to drive away. Um, the zombies and Andrea knows she's bit and Magna's like, we need to get you help. And Andrea's like, no, we got a job to do. Keep going. And it cuts back to, and it cuts to them pushing on. And then it cuts back to Rick still shooting zombies with Negan. And then, um, they're kind of starting to clear the path. And then out of nowhere, you're someone to call Rick's name and he turns around and it's Annie and and they're like, Hey, we've been looking for you. And Negan accuses him of hiding. And he's like, we've been doing all this clearing and killing, and where have you been hiding? And uh, he he says it a couple times, like he definitely accuses him of hiding. And then he's like, Rick's like, all right, well we're gonna stop using gun, and go back to to only knives and hatchets to do the job and start thinning them out. And as they're thinning more out, him and Carl come face to face, and that's when Carl's girlfriend he's like, why aren't you at the hilltop? And Carl tells him that hilltop's mm-hmm. been burned down. And that they all got out of there, and that Carl led all of them to Alexandria kind of to save the day like they did in All Out War. <clears throat> and so Rick's like, all right, cool. Well, we got enough forces. Let's start clearing the gate, and hopefully Andrea and everyone is on the other side of the gate standing there waiting for us. And then you just see bullets mow down these zombies. <clears throat> and Rick turns around, and he's like, thanks for... And there's the saviors. Um and they have Dwight on his knees. And um, <clears throat> they're kind of kind of talking. And uh, the Saviors pretty much tell Dwight that he doesn't want to... Or not Dwight, but the Saviors pretty much tell Rick that they don't long, no longer want to be part of his, his dream and no longer want to be part of his community. And they, wanna, they don't want to help him. They don't want their protection. They want to be on their own. And she gets pissed. And like, the leader of the Saviors gets pissed off that Negan is still alive. And still there. And then through this commotion, seizing his opportunity, Dwight breaks free and grabs one of their guns, and now they've all got guns on each other. And uh, Rick's telling everyone to put their, their guns down. And Dwight's kind of like, I got this, Rick. Like, he wants to take that leadership role. And Rick's like, no, stop. Put your guns down now. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, Dwight's like, you can't trust these people. And Rick screams at him. Asian Rick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Asian Rick screams at him. To put the guns down, um, and uh, Rick wants to talk to uh, their leader, and he's he's talking to her, and basically he thinks that she's like he talks. He's talking to Sherry, who's leading them, and basically he thinks that she's she's sane, and she like loses her fucking shit because he thinks that she's <laughs> sane, and she starts attacking him, and like. She's trying to kill him with a knife. Like, she literally flips the fucking table. She's, like, screaming at him and smacking him and then trying to attack him with a knife. And, like, she's got him over... She's sitting over him with the knife and Rick kind of breaks free. And then she goes to slash at him and Rick blocks it with his his arm, his metal arm. And then she's choking him and she's like, Rick Grimes dies today. And she's, like, starting to choke him out. And then he finally, like, smashes her into the table. Well, she smashes her head and dies. And... Rick's like, Sherry, fuck. And he sees her blood everywhere. And then that's when Andrea walks in. 
And she's like, Rick, is she dead? And he's like, it was an accident. And she starts walking forward to him and she kind of like stumbles and falls. And Rick's like, Andrea, Andrea. She's like, sorry, I lost my balance there. And he's like, are you okay? And then she doesn't say anything. He's like, not, she's like, not really, no. And shows him the bite. And you just see on Rick's face, like. Oh, fuck. Rick's face shows that it, it's not good. She's got a fever. She's got the bite. Because remember, it's an untreated bite and the infection that kills you, not the, not the bite itself. Yep. So, and that's where it ends. So I hope you all seven five mediocre issue. <laughs> yeah, I hope y'all didn't buy five or ten or whatever it was. You but. know what? It's worth it because you know this is you know Andrea's. There was a death in this issue. Yep. And her time is coming. And, and Andrea, you know she's, you know this is the. The light that you know that you know, you know the she's light. gonna die. <laughs> yeah. This is the light to let you know that she's gonna. Oh die. well, that's part of it. You know. That's part of speculating is sometimes you're wrong, sometimes it doesn't matter. That's true. But next issue, I, I just think, I don't think you were wrong. I don't think you were off on, on it being a big issue. I just think you were an issue behind, or issue ahead. Issue 167, I think, is going to be the one that you want to buy. Yeah. We'll see. We'll but see we'll see. Um, but that's it. That's comic book reviews. What did you give Walking Dead? I gave it seven five. I gave it an eight. Eight. Yeah. Teach their own motherfucker. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. As always, I am Broken Matt. And I am Clusterfuck Kyle. Clusterfuck Kyle. Since he didn't introduce himself at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to introduce myself at the end. Thanks for listening. this is Kyle. Let us know your thoughts on everything we covered in this episode. Let us know your thoughts, especially on the Marvel situation and what you think about it and where you think Marvel needs to go. That I'm really interested in hearing your your opinions on it. And let's make it a discussion, man. Let's have a genuine discussion about this as a community, as a group. Um, but yeah, until next time, thanks for listening. Peace.